we were wrong about you about being shitty. You being shitty. And Nintendo, shittier than Nintendo. Shittier than Nintendo, and you are the coolest. Imperial Scrolls of Honor podcast. I am Josh Folan. And I am Jeff Burns. And we're going to be bullshitting about the formative years of console gaming as we revisit the periodicals that covered it again. Back on the MAGAP tip, we are hitting Nintendo Power issue 4 today. And this was about, or rather with, was without a doubt, my favorite issue so far, I think. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of fun shit in here. Um, you can find that issue on archive.org if you want to look at the shit we're looking at. I'll drop the link to the issue in the show notes, of course. Uh, but, dude, before we talk about any of this frivolous Nintendo stuff, Mm-mm. Rob Garrison passed away. Rob put a, Garrison. Put him in a body bag guy. Oh, right. See, I wasn't really huge. Uh, I wasn't a huge karate kid guy like all my other friends were. No, of course not, but the fucking story that I told you. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. I forgot that we talked about him on the podcast. Yeah, you're right, 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 right. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. wow, you killed him. Yeah, uh, apparently, yeah. Um, how, how terrible of me. Tony texted me Saturday night with a TMZ article, uh, thankfully, or I'd never have even known this, but no one wants to end as a TMZ article. <laughs> no one, no one, no one. Uh, but credit to them, they're uh, entertainment industry whores enough for something this uh, small, as far as actual national newsworthy stuff goes. Um, you know, much as I love Rob, this is not front page stuff, I don't think. Um, but anyhow, yeah, he sent it to me, and I was like, oh, fuck, holy shit, like that. This is how I told, I told him, I was like, this is hitting me hard, harder than Jim Kelly's cancer diagnosis. <laughs> but uh, it's also cool to me that Tony from the podcast knew and thought to text this to me. I thought that was cool too. Sure. Cause uh, I'm, I, I partially host the podcast and I didn't remember. So <laughs> yeah, say, yeah. <laughs> we got a listener. Right, right, right. For sure. Uh, so yeah, I guess it was liver and kidney issues that had, they had him in the hospital for over a month. So, you know, he's probably fucking, um, you know, you're never happy to die, but Fucking, it sucks being in the hospital for a month too, and I imagine he he was in some sort of shitty uh, pain or discomfort uh, to be there for a month. So I don't know. R.I.P. Rob, I'll never forget you. And and people say that all the time. I think about passings, and I think very rarely do they actually mean it in 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 truth. Uh, but this is a true blue fact. <laughs> I will never forget that P.F. Chang story and my time with Rob, and that is that is an absolute truth. Um, it did say in the article he hadn't acted in forever uh, until recently uh, because he reprised Tommy from Karate Kid in the YouTube series reboot, uh, reboot Cobra Kai, right. um, which have you even heard about that? I've heard about it. Um, I've not gotten around to watching it. All I do is watch history documentaries anymore. So, yeah, right. I, I have not seen either. Uh, I have this. I've heard it's not. I've heard people say it's good, but I think. I, I fear that people say it's good on like a nostalgic right. Thing, That's a, doing most of the work. 
Right, exactly. As opposed to it being an actually good thing. Uh, I did see it. Tra- I remember watching the trailer when it was first hitting. And I've actually listened to a podcast that the creators were on. Uh, and they did like an hour-long interview about it. And they sounded like cool dudes. And it sounded like a cool story. So I have I've, I have a few things, like a number of things actually, incentivizing me to watch it. And perhaps I will actually get around to it. But yeah, I'm just terrified it sucks by my ultra-cunty standards. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I you know, I just don't want to. I don't know. It, it would be. It make me. It would make me sad. I guess. I mean, I'll put it this way: like from everybody that I've heard talk about it, <clears throat> they all say that it's good. I, I guess at a certain point, I just have to believe it and trust it. Um, I, like I said, just not being a huge Karate Kid guy, I'm not going to go out of my way for it. But in my mind, I believe that it's good. Right. Yeah. I mean, dude, I had people had to tell me Breaking Bad was good for. I, I don't think I started watching it. Me too. Actually, yeah. That which was crazy on our part. It. Like everyone on the planet telling me it's a good fucking series that like I need to stop what I'm doing immediately and go watch. And right. I still didn't watch it till like yeah. I think between the fourth and fifth seasons, dude, I hotboxed the first four seasons uh, in like two and a half weeks or something. And then it, that was right before the fifth season came out, and I watched the fifth season as it yeah hit. Um, I did a similar thing. I, uh, I, I think I, I watched, I didn't watch it until like, there was like five episodes left and then I started watching. I was like, Oh, this shit's actually really good. And yeah. it turns out it's the best show ever made. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah, have you seen the, the, the trailer for the El Camino is the name of the feature spinoff? Mm-hmm, no. Yeah. That just, uh, the trailer, I thought it was actually, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's the thing they, they do trailers like this because they know everyone's already going to watch it. Uh, but it was like a very aloof and vague trailer uh, that was kind of just like one scene. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. Properties that yeah already have their audience do that because they're not actually enticing you to watch it. They know you're going to watch it. They just are telling you that it, it exists. <laughs> yeah, they're just throwing you a bone at that point. Right. Uh, as opposed to actually marketing to you. No, nope, haven't well, seen good. it. Though I, I also one time uh, killed a celebrity with my words. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um. I, it was. Uh. I can't remember her name, but it was. I think maybe like a year and a half ago or so. I was talking to Tim Carlson about something via text message or group chat or something, and a Cranberries joke opportunity came up. Uh. The band, the Cranberries. Right. And I took that opportunity and I, I made the joke. And sing, then I woke sing up. Sing the, the song, Jeb. Sing the song. What's the song? <clears throat> the um. The chanty one. Well, they're oh, all zombie. Are they Is not... it zombie? Zombie, yes. Zombie. <laughs> well, she's dead now oh, because of me. I made that joke. I woke up the next day and I found that the lead singer of the Cranberries had died. That's a trip, dude. They're yeah. not even like an old band. I don't know why I did that to her, but well, it was her time right. to go, I guess. So that's why anyone does anything bad, they're bad people. At right. least for that moment. <laughs> uh, well, I, I'm, I'm a particularly bad person. I got in trouble last night at the bar because uh, I'm a bad person. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm familiar with the concept. There's two instances. That's a trend. Yeah, Anyhow, gotta be. this is slowing us up. We should probably get to the – it does make me – I guess I just – in closing, I want to say it makes me happy inside that he got to do a little bit of acting again before taking off. That's cool. That's true. That's a good yeah. point, actually. Good for him. I'm sure because like he, you know, he passed away in West Virginia. Like I said, I, I told you, I don't know if you remember the reason he moved to from Ohio or to Ohio rather was to deal with a sick father, and he hadn't acted in a while then. So you know, I'm sure living in West Virginia did not lend itself to getting back on the horse. Yeah, uh, it doesn't seem quiet. like a hot spot for acting. Right. So that's cool. That's cool that, that happened to him. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, R.I.P. Rob. Uh, please since those were such a uh, such good banter there please do uh, rate and review the podcast and let's talk about what we're playing now jab what are you playing um i again i didn't play a lot of video games uh these past couple weeks 
um, played a lot of bass and watched a lot of history documentaries. Um, but the one game that I did play uh, that I'm a little worried is going to draw me in a little mu- a little bit, and I got to really check this. I think it's going to get boring quickly enough that it won't. So I'm not super worried about it, but I do have to pay attention to it. it is called uh, Polytopia for uh, it's a iOS game. Never heard that word in my life. Basically, it might fuck your life up. It's basically Civ for your phone, but like you can feasibly complete a game in like 30 turns. Mm, so like, it doesn't sound like it'll has enough enough build for me, man. I like the I like the build. Too there's much. there's there's some stuff there. Like, if you want it on the go, like, I was at the bar last night having drinks, and it was, like, an easy way to kill 30 minutes while I was drinking. So, um, but they, they streamline it. You don't have to, like, build, like, workers and shit, and, like, they just find other ways to make, like, roads and city growth and all of that shit happen quickly. And, uh, yeah, it just, it's, it's an easy... I didn't think Civ could be done on the phone. Honestly, I would have been like, there's no fucking way you could even come close. And this actually comes fairly close. So. Dude, I've... the my iPad is too old and shitty to run it well, but I got, I had, I, I, I've tried the Civ tablet or the Civ mobile or you know, however the fuck it's termed. What is it called? It's the Civ Six. It's the, it's the new. Dude, oh, it, they have it, they have a mobile. I see. It is, dude. It is the exact same game. It is just you know there's slight control adaptions for the touchscreen thing right. you know um that i actually found very smooth and intuitive uh yeah it's it's exact and you can get it on your phone or your uh well i don't actually i don't know i'm not sure it's, it's available on the phone but it is definitely available on tablets and i had it and you know my my i have an old fucking 16 gigabyte uh ipad probably a one i don't even know what they i don't even know the system (laughs) yeah it it could not fucking do it at at all uh so i was only able to fiddle with it and you know like i said it it was it was cool and fun and it it, it did all the things that you want to do for you even on like a clunky system so i'm sure if you got a a dope new ipad it would be hot (laughs) you could do it wherever you wanted however you wanted um it'd be great so yeah, but the last thing a Civ player needs is like it's only the absolute demands of society that draw you away from that game. Like, okay, I have to go to work. I have to go to school. So now I'm torn away from this. If I can bring Civ and sit in the back of class and play, then I might as well just kill myself. Life's over. Yeah, life's life over. Yeah. Over. Yeah. Uh, did you play anything exciting? Uh, I played some Civ. <laughs> yeah. I actually did. I played Civ Four as well. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, it's almost yeah. It, like I, I literally threw that into this section uh, last night because I happened to finish a game and it occurred to me that I was playing a game and I knew we were recording this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I finished the 500 turns on that Chinese campaign I'd been playing. Okay. Uh, it's pretty cool too. I I snuck in and won by a score thing right the last minute. I was like in third place and I saw there were maybe 40 turns left and I knew the culture thing was not panning out for me, <laughs> so I was like. I need to trounce some fuckers and like get some quick uh, market share. <laughs> yeah, I just need a, a real quick sugar high. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I mobilized for war and and fucking cut off like a quarter of what was the number one empire, Japan. Uh, so it's interesting that I just happened to have to attack Japan as China. That was that was interesting. Right, another but, Asian country, right? Right. Well, just Chinese China and Japan specifically are very historically combative. Uh, Am I am I wrong in that? You're the you're the history nerd. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, they they had some 
some combativeness. I don't think as much as many wars as you'd think. Uh, you know, the most recent one was Japanese uh, aggression into China. So uh, working the opposite way there on your end. Right, right, right. Yeah, I, I'm not supposing. I'm not suggesting I was perfectly aligning with the uh, historical uh, happenings. Just that. Right, off the top of my head, I actually can't attention. think of like a, a Chinese aggressive war towards Japan. Not like an outright one. I'm sure there was proxy wars and whatnot, but. And, and, and I don't know much about East Asian history, so that's not surprising. Okay. okay. Anyhow, yeah. Why are we talking about this? Yeah, I, I see. <laughs> yeah, I, I, my 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 jet bomber gates uh, got me got me to a a score win by by the five hundredth turn, which was cool. Anyhow, uh, I also played some more bases loaded too with Ted before we split town. We got a little better and squeezed out a few wins at the tail end of maybe twenty five or so games. We ended up playing, uh, but it is still like this. You know, there all the things. I don't know. I don't. I. Just, I, I I do not remember it being as hard as we found it, uh, and it's so terrifying to me that maybe we're just older and badder at things. Right, <laughs> like, like yeah, that's happened now. to you now. I think. Right, that's crazy to me. You know, <laughs> uh, but um, we did squeak out. You a also few. got to keep in mind, like I mean, we've talked about it before, but like, man, you when you're a kid, you, you have all the time in the world. Like yeah, you, but... you, you spend like two hours playing video games now as an adult and you're like we just spent a lot of time and, and you did spend a lot of time doing it but like as a kid two hours of just getting started dude you haven't even had a snack at two hours right i don't know but it's bases loaded too is not that complicated like the i feel like the difficulty i don't know or maybe i just you know poorly remember it and it was that difficult i don't know but i was gonna say do you remember winning games as a child because oh yeah for sure <clears throat> and we used to sit down and play fucking game after game after game after game after game i mean it, mm-hmm. we played I don't know if we ever finished the season or not, but I mean, I know we played a lot of fucking games. We would keep track, you know, I think we would like track them because it doesn't keep a good. It does tell you the game that you're playing the 37th game. Like it keeps track of the fucking games you're playing in some capacity, but it's not, you know, no in-depth statistics or anything. And I remember us keeping like box scores and shit because we're psychopaths. Uh, And the last thing was fire. I played some fire emblem on switch, got a little more into it. And, um, Man, I, th- I think it's a good game. I, I do definitely think it's a good game. It has a lot of Animal Crossing Harvest Moon qualities to it, like a, a lot of menial tasks that require periodic tending to, you know, if you so choose. You don't right. have to engage that component of the game, but it, it that, without a doubt, exists. Um, the battles are kind of... I mean, they're just, they're so sprawling and time-consuming. Even early on, uh, I'm, I'm a little worried what they're going to turn into later uh, if that's going to become even more, con- you know, more elaborate because they, you know, like I said, just these first few, I mean, basically tutorial battles are like, holy shit, this is like a, a 30 minute endeavor, you know, right. uh, which is crazy, but uh, it, it is fun. Like, I mean, you know, it's, it's cool to watch. Like the time passes and it's not like you're watching your fucking watch wishing it would end or anything, but it's still a lot of time to devote to an individual battle. But that said, you also, you don't like the structure of the game is kind of uh, not weird, but the way it, it you, you have this, you, you work off this calendar and you like you spend, and this is early, maybe it changes, but right now it seems like you, every, you do a major battle a month. Like it shows you a whole calendar and you go day by day and every, you have a day off uh one day off a week so it'll go through the calendar and like birthdays will happen and it'll ask if you want to buy fucking flowers because you're like the whole the game is really big on relationship building uh with your peers and and uh so you know you can buy them flowers for their birthday and shit to up the, your relationship fucking points or whatever and so that shit happens during the week and then every day off 
uh, you can go out and you can you have options. You can go out and just explore the castle and talk to people and do at, like little actions that again build relationships with people or, or tend to your fucking garden or go fishing or whatever the fuck it is. Hmm. And then at the end of the month, like you know, the the idea is that you're it tells you you have this objective and you need to prepare for it over the course of the month that this battle is going to happen. So yeah, it's it's very it's you know as you would expect a big moon like that or a, a big game like this uh, with a long lineage to it uh, to be kind of, you know, very intense <laughs> and it, there is, it is a lot going on. Um, yeah. You're like, you're, you're a professor at this school, which, and it kind of reminds me of like professor X and the X-Men to some degree, you, you know, you can spend a lot of, you, you, or you do spend a lot of time developing the strength <clears throat> students of choice that you're going to lead into battle. So you can, you know, like the, it's weird. It's not, again, not weird, but just, different something i've never seen before you know, like the kids have kind of like what they think they want to do mm-hmm. and you as the professor have um you know you develop your own proficiencies too and you can either try to steer them into the things that you can you are better equipped to teach them at a faster rate and get them good at or you can nurture the thing they want to do and then there's also kind of like wild card things that the the, the uh, disciples have that you can, you know, you're able to identify that they they could maybe get good at that if you spent extra time on it. So it's kind of like a a stretch goal thing you can you can go for, you know, with with their proficiency set. It's a lot fucking going on <laughs> to, say, to say the yeah, least. Yeah, it sounds. It reminds me a lot. Um, just saying it, and I may have mentioned this before, but uh, it reminds me a little bit of Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's uh, the again. I I don't remember that enough to really speak to it. Uh, but uh, in the shit I've read and heard about this, there is a lot of um, tonal overlap between those two games. Yeah, and even that was like a game where, like, you fire it up and like, yeah, battles take half an hour. And like, even when you're like well established in the game, like, the battles are serious. Like, they can be. <laughs> you, you can lose every battle if you like, even against regular enemies. If you fuck around and get cute, like, you will die. Yep. And, and then yeah, it's half an hour or your shit, you know. Right. Well, and the juicy, I mean, the, the way you're, I, I don't remember specifically, but the way you're saying that is like, <clears> you, you, if you die, it just reloads. Like, this, people, I mean, you, if your main character dies, it will just take you back to some sort of safe state and you right. lose the battle. But all the fuckers that you're developing, no matter how far along they are, can die and they're just gone. If you, if you play that way, there's like, you can, you can play the baby fucking gloves way and, and, uh, be able to revive them or they don't die or I don't know what, how exactly it works. I'm not playing that way, but, uh, yeah, if you know, you're, you have some little, uh, prize protege that you've really fucking turned into this little, (laughs) they're all like snooty kids too. So even the ones who get good, just are like extra cocky and shit. But, um, you know, you can have this prize protege and, if it dies or he or she dies, they just die and that's it. They're dead, right? Yeah. <laughs> End of their fucking life. Uh, and you got to, you know, develop someone else. So that's very, you know, that's high stakes, man, for yep. for an RPG uh, or game of any kind, really. Um, my the, the only criticism I really have about it, in all honesty, is other than the potential, like, tedious and overwhelming amount of shit to deal with uh is that it has a very anime feel to it aesthetically and i am not a big fan of that like even i don't know man i don't know how to describe it the like the there's cats and dogs walking around the castle and stuff and like they they look like little paper cutouts that are animated walking around on top of a more um it's still not 
it doesn't feel like, like a set piece. Yeah, like it doesn't. It doesn't. It, the back, the background, or the, or the castle, or the environment. I wouldn't say it. It looks live action, but it looks much closer to live action than the characters and animated uh, sprites do. It's it's a weird disparity between the background or the environment and the things you the the lot the living things that you interact with have a very a much more animated again anime feel to them and it's just a, it's a super weird uh feel you know um right but i'm sure that's kind of it's it's thing it's probably built a uh an audience based on that or something yeah i think some people like that kind of stuff and sure. yeah it just sounds like it's not for you i mean you weren't a final fantasy 7 guy either so right uh what are you gonna do you know yep keep playing fire emblem probably And that is uh, Gyrus Stage 1 theme, getting us started off with uh, Nintendo Power Issue 4. Um, a hot cover here. <laughs> it's uh, big news for those of us who have been waiting. Check your watch forever. Forever, <laughs> yeah. For Zelda 2 Adventure of Link, yeah. Yeah, yeah. this is the January-February issue of 89, uh, 350 cover price. And yes, it's Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, as uh, the cover piece. And so, yeah, so I guess they have finally figured out when it's coming out <laughs> to put it on the cover of their fucking magazine. Uh, oh, check that. They've already done that with the Nintendo Fun Club news they put it on the cover when they had no idea. <laughs> right. Well, now they must have figured out confidently enough the computer chip issue at the right. factory where they feel like they can do this again. Yep. 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 So yeah, it's, it's like the 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 image is is from behind, like over Link's shoulder, kinda. Like there's a shield on his back and a glowing sword in his hand. He's approaching a sleeping princess that uh, does nothing to remind me of what I think to be Princess Zelda. It's another instance of that idea that we talked we've talked about how they like take these games that are you know they're the cover they're cover games, so they're of course very big releases and. They have the, uh, a great deal of lore to them and understanding of what these characters, who these characters are and what they look like. And they like deviate from that for these covers for some reason or another. Like, why is Princess Zelda not a blonde? You know, right. uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, but... All you'd have to do is find a blonde. Right. Like, yeah. does, does, she's not acting up there. Like, she's. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> That's a, 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 one of the questions. Like, is this an illustration or a highly stylized photograph? Like, I'm I not said that, in... and then I was like, I don't know if this is a fucking uh, set. Like, this might be an illustration. Yeah, I think. I mean, you look at the wall there to the right, and if you look at his link in particular, looks like his hair looks. I don't know, man. Yeah, it's 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 a very. I don't know if it's like a picture with some like effects on it or something. Yeah, <clears> like, <throat> very possible. A, rotoscope or something uh, um, yeah I don't know I'm not sure interesting style either way uh, yeah it, it, it's yeah I mean like I said it's like the, the, the number I would give to it is maybe 20% ish off the mark on the portrayal of the characters they feature <laughs> you know like that's about the number I would say uh, like it's you know like like I said I I'm, would never like contend that I'm not looking at a, a depiction of a Legend of Zelda story world, but why are these things this way? <laughs> yeah, right. you know? It's fucking weird. And the cross and the shield, too, is weird. Yep. The Christian cross. Yeah, and actually, I didn't even notice that, but why is that there? Right. <laughs> like, like... so weird about religion. 
in so many facets. Uh, why is that there? Yeah, uh, Nintendo doesn't typically play that game, and uh, you know, being well, should Japanese, they not play it? They like freak out about it, and like, right? You know. Yeah, being a Japanese country, like they're certainly not Christian-like. And there's there's another cross later in this episode or episode. God damn it, issue. <clears throat> oh yeah, that yeah. Well yeah, Zelda's weird. That's interesting because yeah, they like the all the like that they made Konami take all that like there's none of that shit allowed in uh, Simon's Quest. Simon's Quest, right? Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. So the four teaser bullet points are Zelda, of course, a blockbuster review, Nintendo Power Bowl, three-game kickoff, which I'm guessing is a football game, or I was guessing was a football game trying to piggy off, piggyback off the Super Bowl feature. And this made me think of a quiz, Jeff. Mm. What Super Bowl was played in January 1989? January 1989. So I was five. 90 was the Bills Giants? Uh, or was that 91? The Super Bowl was that the it was not it was the 90 season but it was 1991, yes. <sighs> Dude, I don't know. Uh if I mean gun to my head got a guess. Well, oh, I don't know. Bears Bengals. <laughs> That's not even a Super Bowl, let alone. Right, uh, I didn't. Even, they, they may not even been a Super Bowl. Yeah, but <laughs> you do have, you have half that answer is correct. Bears? No. <laughs> the Bengals, really? Yeah, yeah. No fucking way. Yeah, it was Super Bowl twenty three was played at Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami on January twenty second, and it was between the Forty ers and the Bengals. Okay, right, this right. Was, this was one of uh, two back to backs. The Forty ers played the. Kick the shit out of the Broncos uh, in Super Bowl 24, 55 mm-hmm. to 10. It's amazing. I have all these things memorized. It's crazy to me. Cause it's, and it's entirely because of that Pro Set Super Bowl, 1990 Pro Set Super Bowl subset, the uh, Super Bowl MVP subset. Uh, they were like silver bordered cards. You remember 1990 Pro Set? A little bit. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm and they had like, these. it's like a subset where they had all the Super Bowl MVPs in like this, this cool illustrated. Um, version again like kind of just like the Zelda cover here an illustrated version of a picture uh that that exists um so yeah so that so 49ers Bengals the Niners won the game 20 to 16 via a Joe Montana to Jerry Rice go ahead TD with 34 seconds left in the game oh, heartbreak yeah uh Jerry Rice was the MVP and this is a notable fact in that it's uh Montana that that 49er team won four Super Bowls Montana was the MVP for all for the other three, and Rice was the MVP of this one. Nice, right? Which yeah, makes me happy too. I've, and I th- I'm almost certain that the Jerry Rice Super Bowl MVP card from that set was my favorite card <laughs> <laughs> in the set. Uh, the in the uh, the NFL YouTube account actually has the full game up in its entirety. On okay. Internet. So you can watch Super Bowl 23 <clears throat> in like a you know a not shitty bootleg way. <laughs> uh, right. uh, I got something to say about the. I'm not gonna say it now. I'll say it to you off the air. But I got something to say about the NFL and their fucking games. Like, man, they... oh, I got a ton of shit to say about the NFL, and I don't give a fuck if it's on the air. Like, fuck the NFL. It's the sh- well, yeah, that too. But <laughs> but sure, I, I got you. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll drop that in the show notes. The link to to that game. Uh, and then back to the bullet points, we have a skater die feature, uh, which says it's plus a Mondo poster. And Captain Nintendo Part 2, which is their fiction piece thing, and I couldn't wait to see what was going on in that. 
So those are the four bullet points. And then on to the inside cover, we have uh, this is a pretty cool. Uh, it's, it's intensely titled Power Supplies advertisement for both proprietary and third-party controllers. Uh, there's eight options spread across three shelves of the most basic and easily identifiable shitty target brand adjustable wire shelving. <laughs> I could, I was like, I have seen that in real life a million times. I know exactly what the box looks like at Target. <laughs> right. I, I've... I, I used to work in kitchens and cook and stuff, and uh, exactly. I've seen these 84 trillion times. <laughs> <laughs> like, they are everywhere in the world. It's amazing to me that they got Shit, one. dude. I have two of these in my house. <laughs> yeah, every, most people. These are a prominent feature in my kitchen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing. It's honestly amazing that for a advertising spread that they got and used one of these things, is, I find it just hilarious. <laughs> right, I mean, <clears throat> these, I mean, We've talked about this being like the early days of like video game shit, and like they probably had like a hundred dollar budget to get this shot, <laughs> and they spent twenty of it on wire shelving. You know, they, they probably didn't even spend that, dude. They probably dragged this out of the goddamn uh, supply. Okay, well there you go, because they got the hundred dollar <laughs> fucking budget, and we just spent zero on the on the thing. So you're welcome. Dude, hashtag producing. <laughs> yeah, I just got yeah. something accomplished for zero dollars. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've seen it's like you know living in New York for 13 years. I've seen so many of these in shitty New York apartments. Uh, I googled uh, this. This I googled the phrase "adjustable metal shelf system," and the absolute first return was the target was Target's listing for this thing. <laughs> right? Yeah, like we'll sell one to you right now. We got yeah. them. We're ready to go. <laughs> Uh, but it's I mean, you know, it's funny to me because this is 1989, you know, and they actually made in 1988. I'm sure they got they did this layout so or, or shot this layout rather. So you know, the, it's it's incredible that what 30 years later, <laughs> like, like, no, whoever whoever works at the factory that makes these things, they got a secure job. They're they jamming. <laughs> they are jamming. So they the controllers that are here are they have the Max and the Advantage controllers from from Nintendo uh, as well as Bandai Acclaim and Bishu offerings and one ultra shitty LJN product the previously lambasted roll rocker accessory that you stand on and kind of move back and forth with your body as you stand on it uh, with poor balance. <laughs> the the only third-party ones I remember ever having first-hand exposure to are those Bandai Super Controllers, the, the which is the one in the very oh, middle. Yeah. So do you remember these? They're, they were like, they're just, they are not a controller. <laughs> they are just a shitty plastic case that wrapped around your standard NES controllers. Oh, right. They had, yeah, they had a little plastic nub. <clears throat> they were, Think of as a joystick that sat on top of the D-pad cover. But wow. it never actually made good contact with the controller inside. Not as, no, not great. And it uh, terrible for your thumb. Just fucking terrible. Right, so the only way to make Nintendo thumb worse. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and there's yeah, there's a, it just it, there was a a hole where the select, start, and A B buttons were. There's no you know, it's just it didn't even there was no change to this. There's still your buttons that you're pushing. Right. Yeah, so just like the most uh, unreal thing, <laughs> like seven cents. They probably sold them for like fifteen bucks a pop or something. Just like the most money. incredibly profitable <laughs> Nintendo accessory you could imagine. Just money on money, dude. I I gotta get into something like that. <laughs> I gotta get like it's a fucking thing you put around your phone and it makes it more fun. Sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
buy it for ten dollars. I paid eleven there, cents to produce there it. There are a bunch of those. You just look around on Amazon for ideas and then make I know, well what I'm saying is I need to do that. Uh, I confirm my recollection of, of, of those things with a YouTube review by Peripal Vision Gaming, and a link to that will be in the show notes. Uh, and he basically uh, cemented all these opinions that I just rattled off there. Uh, he, he was actually a little bit more uh, positive about the, the joystick than I would have been. And it's, it's uh, how, you know, not shitty it was, but... Certainly a completely useless item, and it's funny that it's even mentioned here, and it's even funnier that they call it a super controller, because it's not a controller. <laughs> and it's not super either, so... <laughs> yeah, that's all lies. Yeah. And that, and that, it's like the Democratic Republic of Korea, North Korea. <laughs> not democratic, not a republic, and like, I guess it's North Korea. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And then uh, this shares uh, its two-page spread with the welcome letter that... Uh, it <laughs> Link is proclaimed to be the greatest video hero of all time in this letter here, which one could, you know, uh, could argue today, sure. But in January 89, seems like a very, very premature boast. <laughs> yeah, they're getting ahead of themselves. Yeah, like, <clears throat> oh, you know, I guess the industry is in its infancy. So the short timeline by which they're basing this on maybe is not unrealistic to some degree, I guess. But still, just uh, it's just not right. If I, if I start the coolest motherfuckers on Earth Club, and the first and only member for this day is me, <laughs> technically speaking, I'm the coolest motherfucker on Earth. Right. As soon as I start including other people, that can change. I was gonna say like so counterpoint like who is the then who would it be if not Link? Right. Maybe Mario, but... I think it's got to be Mario over Link at this point. But, yeah, certainly nothing from the Sega offerings. I would think something in, like, the arcade or Atari realm, you know, if you could find Donkey Kong or something like that. But Mario was in Donkey Kong, so this is more evidence for Mario. Yeah. And that's a Nintendo property, too. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. That's a a fun debate. (laughs) Uh, There's got to be something in the arcade that, you know... Yeah, that we're just not thinking of off the top of our head because we're trying to do a thing here. Right. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's got to be somebody that was, like, very prominent. Fan, I don't yeah. know. You know, don't spike the ball. Just hand it to the ref. Act like you've been here before, man. <laughs> also that, right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it so, wasn't but a couple years ago that people were deciding they weren't going to buy video games at all. So don't get too <laughs> fucking excited yeah, here. Hold on on your heat here. Um the table of contents is a lot of exciting. Like I said, this is a fucking great issue, and the table of contents really fucking set me up for like, ooh, this is gonna be fun. <laughs> there, there is a lot on here. The, the one, the, the picture I got most excited about as soon as I saw it was Marble Madness. Yeah, we yeah. Talked Marvel. about it just briefly before we got started recording, but like when I saw those like that that like grid paper and the colors and shit with the shading, I was like, I remember playing this game. I don't remember spending a lot of time on it, but like. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I definitely want to be a part of that. Yep, it's a good game, dude. Yeah. Really I, as soon as I saw it, I was like, that is a good game now that I think about it. Yeah, I got lots to say. I'm looking forward to that when we get to that section for sure. The first game feature is a six-pager for WrestleMania. 
WWF wrestling action. WWE for you fucking kids out there that aren't that weren't around for the good old days. Uh, however you want to term it, but the layout of this piece is bounded by a wrestling ring, which is a really cool touch, I think, just as far as the layout goes. All six pages are that way, you know, uh, which is cool. And the first two pages are a mosaic of licensed imagery. <laughs> Hulk Hogan ripping his shirt off, the WWF championship belt, the six wrestlers you can control in the game. And those wrestlers are Andre the Giant, may he rest in peace, Bam Bam Bigelow, May he rest in peace. Honky Tonk Man, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, may he rest in peace, and Ted DiBiase. And I thought it very, for the first thing I took away from this is, I find it very odd that Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, are going by their plain Jane names here. Why is that? Because they both were wrestling under their more flashy character titles in 88, 89, when this game, you know, was being developed. So, what's up with that? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they did it for the other guys. Right, yeah. Super weird. Super weird. <laughs> also, these black and white photos are just... I mean, the the, the pixelated like video or picture of the what you would see in the game, and it and they've just printed it on the screen here or on the paper, and it's just unbelievably bad. <laughs> like, look at Bam... Like, actually take a look at Bam Bam Bigelow's picture. Yeah, no, that, that's a bad... I think, you know, I think... You know, uh, there's only so much they could do. I get it. By eight standards, like, I mean, I know who all those Bam Bam Bigelow, maybe you could get a little confused on if you didn't have any context. And maybe Ted DiBiase, too, I guess. But the other four, I mean, about as good as you're going to get. Yeah, Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, and and Macho Man, like, with no doubt whatsoever, that's what I'm looking at, you know? Uh, And and I think that stems from just their actual stardom, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, you know who those human beings are. I think if the other three were as popular as those three that are more easily identifiable, I think they would be just as easily identified, you know? Right. If Bam Bam Bigelow was selling Slim Jims and yelling at me on TV, <laughs> then I might recognize his face. Yeah. Uh, well, by all Googling accounts, Bam Bam Bigelow is the only one of these dudes not in the WWE Hall of Fame. And it's seemingly been a bit of a controversy, Jab, that he's been excluded from the – there was a, a much hubbub about the 2018 class, uh, as well, actually as well as the two, 2019 one uh, regarding Bam Bigelow. And he – it's pretty spicy, pretty spicy controversy. So uh, how do you feel about that first? <laughs> well, I, I was thinking I was <clears> – <throat> that's kind of surprising to me that he's not in the Hall of Fame. But then at the same time, I realized how impartial of an observer I am and why somebody like me couldn't have a Hall of Fame vote for this, because I would think that everybody <laughs> should be in. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, I want all yeah. of those guys from my childhood to be in. So. Well, yeah, exactly. I'm surprised that in that, you know, yeah, that it's just like... Well, you had somebody more important than Bam Bam Big Load to get in. It's just to put on TNT. Why not get everyone in? <laughs> you know? Right. Like, this There's is, no you actual know, credibility to your, to your competitive environment, you know? Yeah, like, well, I used to... They'll have, like, a scholarly debate. I used to respect the WWE. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they yeah. had the audacity to put Bam Bam Bigelow in. Yeah, nobody's going to talk like that. So just sell some tickets, dude, and make your money. Yeah, I, I love, like, it's, my buddy Shawnee is so funny, dude. Uh, he's a smart dude, uh, and he, it's, I, I, you know, he know I know that he, it's not like I don't know that he knows that it's all bullshit, but, like, he likes it so much, which I think this is what happens to, you know, there. I think there are some dumb people who really believe, but, <laughs> well, uh, 
the you know I think that like he's watched it his whole life. It's such a big part of his childhood, and he uh, was willing to never let go of it. As I eventually did because I was into this when I was little too, and I know you were too. The like the people who are willing to not let go of it and and just accept it for what it is and enjoy it anyways. And like because he has that lifetime of belief or enjoyment, he will allow himself to talk about it. Almost like the way people make small talk, you know, like no, right. they know, they know, no one cares about the weather, but you do it as just like <clears throat> a movement that, uh, you know, because you're having this interaction, like you know, like I said, I went over his house and watched whatever the fuck event it was. Like you know, he was having these conversations with others in the room, and even me too, I think, in jest at times. Like just because it's the pattern that he's done his whole life, and he enjoys the pattern just as much as he enjoys the meaningless entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, right. It's so interesting that it stays popular, I guess, on that basis, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's it's like something that he's just warming his voice up with, essentially. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, like, maybe, maybe he even knows that no one wants to hear it. And, <laughs> but, like, everyone's going to hear it, and that's okay, because he's your friend. <laughs> precisely, precisely. Who is your favorite wrestler from this time period? From this time period? Forever, yeah. um, if, if you want to blow my mind and tell me that you, you do actually watch it present day. <laughs> uh, I, I don't necessarily watch it present day, though, like, I feel like a few years ago I got... Me and my buddies were like, we should WrestleMania's tomorrow. Like, let's watch, and we watched. Um, I'm not, yeah. Anyways, uh, my favorite wrestler <laughs> from then probably would have been Jake the Snake. Mm. Um, but then should have. You know, I wish I'd known that. I could have got you an autograph poster or something when I. Yeah, that's okay. I I'll be all right without that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was probably Jake the Snake or even like Hulk Hogan. Uh, I know that I liked uh, Hacksaw. Yeah, uh, Hacksaw was fine. I forgot one. He's cool. So uh, there were those. And then I later found out, as we all did, that Jake the Snake was not great to his snakes and whatnot. And these guys were all... Dude, you... you thing's really sad when you stop and think about it, actually. I've told you to watch those uh, I think <clears throat> interviews with him, right? Uh, yeah, we, we've talked about it. I, I, I've watched that one documentary or whatever of his. Okay, yeah, yeah. The, the, that was the one that was at Slamdance. Yeah, yeah, the documentary is really cool because it's it's mm-hmm. him and it's about him and Razor Ramon. You know, it's almost more about Razor Ramon's troubles. You know, okay. uh, but yeah, that's that's a good documentary. But no, I, these these are interviews. These, these are much more just you know him telling stories that are really cool. Like I said, the one about fucking Macho Man making him let his one of his snakes bite him before right. he would go out into the ring and let fucking <laughs> bite uh, him like that yeah idea. jake yeah these two assholes in the locker room having this conversation is crazy <laughs> yeah like if that happened to you if you were like backstage somewhere like if i was backstage about to play a show somewhere and then i was just like telling somebody like, you gotta let your fucking snake bite me man like you gotta do it <laughs> or like you gotta let it bite you or whatever like when it was all over like you'd have one of the craziest stories of your life to tell <laughs> yeah and, and like yeah, these guys yeah. just did it as like a matter of course Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I can't recommend that enough listening to his Joe Rogan uh, interview. But um, my favorite wrestler from this time period, I was big into Bret Hart. I remember liking him a lot. Uh, Ultimate Warrior was a huge sure. fucking someone I was really into. Um, who else? I can't remember any of yours. Yeah, I mean, I liked Razor Ramon. I, like, I loved Razor Ramon. That we had that Genesis game, uh, which may have been was that WrestleMania or Survivor. I can't remember it was pretty good though. Royal Rumble. 
Royal Rumble was the name of it. Royal uh, Rumble, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. We had, yeah. I think it might actually been yours. It was, yeah. I got a uh, Mortal Kombat for Christmas. You made me take it back because <laughs> you already had it, and I think you just didn't want me to have it or something. I don't know. You're a dick. That's exactly what the case was, yeah. yeah. Which is dumb because I wasn't let you play it. Or not dumb, right. but, but horrible. Rather. Uh, but that's, I'm glad that led to Royal Rumble. I'm glad that my malicious uh, domineering of, of our brother relationship le- led to us having that game. Yeah, uh, we got it. So that's all that matters. That's all, <laughs> that's all that matters. Yeah, I loved Razor Ramon in that game. So I liked him at the. I, that was probably like the. I don't know if I was still watching it or not then. I don't. I want to say. I hope no. I want to say no. No, I doubt it. I probably wasn't either at that age. Um, I remember you. You had some of the action figures. I think I remember you having the junkyard dog. Oh yeah, I, I had those uh, those like tall ones, those rubber ones. Yep, those yeah, are yeah, fucking yeah. awesome, dude. Yep, yep, yep. I remember. Sure, they're in the trash somewhere. Yeah, so that's wrestling. Uh, the last four pages are devoted to profiling the wrestlers that are featured in the game. Uh, Hogan and Andre are first up, and we get blurbs talking about their imposing physical statures. And are shown their special pickups, which are something each wrestler can grab for an energy boost when they randomly bounce across the ring. And Hogan's is a golden cross, and this is a perfect example of what we were just discussing. Uh, Hogan's is a golden cross they relegate to calling a golden X here in the mag because Nintendo's fucking uptight about religious imagery. So that's... (laughs) They made them change that for WrestleMania. I'm sure the WWF did not tell them to do that. I'm sure the right. developer did not want to not have the most popular wrestler wrestlers like thing that he that represents him not be exactly what it is. So that had to be Nintendo's influence that made them do that. Yet the cover of the magazine that they're featuring this in has a cross on the back of fucking Link's shield. What the fuck? But, yeah. What the fuck? Andres is a big giant foot. Uh, and if you haven't, speaking of documentaries, if you haven't seen the HBO documentary on Andre the Giant, put that on your fucking list. It's absolutely incredible. Hmm. The you have or have not you haven't seen it? I've not seen it. No, but I do have HBO uh, Go or now or whatever, so I can watch it. Sure, it's still on there. Yeah, but it's so good, dude. The stories about his drinking are mind blowing. Right, drink, like two cases of beer as like <clears throat> just to get the ball rolling. Right. <laughs> we've all seen the picture of like him holding a regular beer can yeah yeah well, that's yeah that's and it looks like you're holding like i don't know a fucking a, yeah some some a sort toy of, yeah yeah i mean the, yeah the physical stuff's insane too he couldn't dude he would shit in the bathtub he couldn't shit he didn't like <laughs> he didn't on the toilet so he would shit in the bathtubs in hotels wow wow <laughs> yeah, wow like yeah. crazy yeah crazy man some fucking of the ceilings in my house are like I think one of them's like six foot eleven, and another one's like seven foot five. Yeah, and he would, this guy's seven four. He literally would not fit in my house. Clothes. I mean, there's there's a million things that they talk about about just yeah lifestyle stuff that sucked. You know, he's in pain all the time. It's, it's just fucked up. Right. Like you think like oh I need socks. I'll go out and buy socks. No. 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 <laughs> no. Go no. to a special sock store. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you. Yeah. I don't even. I mean, they didn't. Uh, they didn't have Amazon then, but I, I'm sure he wasn't just. Going, you know, <laughs> like, you so know he had to make arrangements to get socks. He had to like exactly. talk to his people, be like, "Hey, dude, I need some more socks." <laughs> yeah, or he probably just didn't wear socks. He probably fucking, you know, who knows? But right, uh, whatever the case, the yeah, the, the drinking too, it's crazy. Some of this shit and um, acromegalia, acromegaly, megaly, acromeg. I fucking listened to the goddamn pronunciation on the internet, and I can't remember now. Acromegaly, acromegaly. Uh, if you like me- medical terms, or the giantism condition. 
is the giantism condition rather. Yeah, very interesting. Great watch. Do so if you have not. And below these two, they drop a controller mapping uh, of th- like a chart of the six wrestlers' move options, which is mildly impressive feature of an NES game that each wrestler has a relatively unique move set. You know, they're not. It's not entirely unique uh, for each wrestler, but there are differences um, from wrestler to wrestler, and that's pretty further along than you would guess any fucking NES game to do uh, for different differentiation purposes. Right. Like I, I see here that, for instance, as far as I can tell. Bam Bam Bigelow cannot do a body slam, right? <laughs> yeah, which like, and, and so like you would have to factor that into your like strategy, I guess. Sure, 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 sure. And so the last four pages, uh, or rather the last two pages, are the last four wrestlers, and they go all the way to the mat with their pun copywriters in the special pickup sections. <laughs> uh, if you look at like the way they describe. Uh, each one of them, like the the dollar, the flames, the shades, and the guitar, they go pun nuts with those. So fuck right. you, Nintendo, for doing that. And I fired it up, man. The presentation is off the fucking charts, uh, as as far as like the like all the menus, the transitions between them, like to the gameplay, going from the menus to the gameplay, the character select, all of it is very very well done and cool. The music is fucking incredible. <laughs> And that'll stream awesome. It's, it's that, that picture from the first two pages where Hogan's ripping off his Hulkamania tee, which that did very well on Reddit. <laughs> you can uh, control up to... This is an amazing feature to me, actually. You can control up to all six of the wrestlers in tournament mode. So, like, when you pick the tournament mode... I think you can actually... Well, it doesn't matter. But when you pick the tournament mode, you can choose the number of players in the tournament. So you could theoretically six kids could sit in a room and pass controllers ah, right, and play head-to-head all the way to winning the belt out of the six, and that is fucking awesome, you know? Yeah, uh, that idea is tight for a child that age. Yeah, 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 For and also just for where we're at in the game lineage here. That's that's not... Every, every game's not doing that. All that said, though, I was immediately bored after picking Macho Man as my wrestler. It's the gameplay against the computer, anyhow. It's slow and clunky. You can't go outside the ring, which sucks. And uh, I actually tied when time ran out in my first match, which is just meh. (laughs) Like, I couldn't get his energy. I don't even know if I... Maybe maybe if I'd have tried to pin him. I was like... I didn't know that I I was on a limited time thing. So I was trying to get his meter all the way down before even trying to pin him. Right. (laughs) And who the fuck was I going up against? I don't remember. Maybe I think it was Ted DiBiase. I want to say, uh, yeah, it was for sure. So yeah, my, I had Macho Man against Ted DiBiase, and yeah, I mean, it fucking ended in a draw because of the time. And I was like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we we all know how much wrestling fans love to have matches end in draws. <laughs> right. It's the most exciting part about WWF. Yeah, it's just like it's the most exciting part about NFL football. Like, what, what do you mean this can end in a tie? Seriously, right. <laughs> right. Like, people, was it Donovan McNabb? People got on. They were like, oh my god, he didn't even know that it could tie. I was like, actually, man, I kind of feel that. <laughs> yeah. Like, in his mind, like, what the fuck are we even talking about? <laughs> I, yeah. No, yeah. I really didn't know. Yeah, what the fuck do you mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so after that, we get the second part of the Captain Nintendo fiction story. And did you read it this time, Jeff? No. I, <laughs> I'm visually driven when it comes to these magazines. <laughs> like I said, I, I, I was doing other shit this week. I'm visually driven here. 
Uh, it starts with a short recap of the first part of the story from the last issue, mm. just as a modern TV show would give you. Okay. And I thought that, I don't know, maybe that is, I, maybe that is not as significant as I think it is, but I, I feel like, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I feel like that's a newer concept to be recapping. Like that is on. You know, every it's it's part of the. My point is kind of elusive here. It's uh, it's like, it's it feels like a on demand platform thing where people can consume things in chunks and not come back to it for a while. Like you don't, you know, anytime every episode seen on Netflix has uh, or HBO Go from you know will have like a a lengthy catch up trailer that it shows you before each episode ozark right. ozark i remember is really big on this on netflix which is a great show if you haven't seen it but yeah they show you everything's happened so because they don't you, you know there's just no telling when the last time you were doing this so right. uh i feel like that wasn't as prevalent of a thing when things were more deliberately delivered to the consumer you know what i mean uh so i thought that was very interesting that it took yeah, cause time. in theory like if you didn't know and you wanted to read this, like you'd have to go find your last issue, right? Or the you know the idea also is that someone <laughs> could a newsstand and not have, never have seen. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You know, like not everyone has a subscription, you know, and who knows when you come in. So like it makes. I mean, I'm not saying it's a, like it's clearly not a bad idea. It's not fucking off the fucking mark in any way, shape, or form. It's just interesting that the time was taken to do it. I thought, right. uh, and like I said, it spoke to some sort of cultural fucking content consumption thing that. I thought it was interesting, but the story picks back up with main man Brett coming to the real- realization that he is, in fact, Captain Nintendo and needs to stop being a little bitch about the situation with Ganon out in the hall. <laughs> and they work in the phrase costumed keister early on <laughs> here, which oh. Ganon puts Captain Nintendo down onto. And I don't know. That's just nice. I, I feel like the word keister died with my grandfather and I would like it brought back into the common vernacular. <laughs> I think we should we should start here with that campaign. Right. Um, I mean, I could, dude, I can work the word keister into my vocabulary, no problem. Sure. So let's start it here. You you start a little satellite uh, uh, agenda there in Ohio. I'll get one going out here, and we'll we'll meet in the middle. <laughs> they'll, they'll meet in Kansas. Yeah. The culture, the cultural heart of America. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Kansas. Uh, no, I don't. Uh, I'm not gonna. Lie. I would lie to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, uh, um, it's an entertaining read, for, like, you know, especially for a child. Probably it is an entertaining read. I wavered. It's a little longer, I think, than the last one, and I wavered a little bit trying to stick with it and and get the consume the whole thing. But skimming along, like it, I think again, like I said, a kid would probably enjoy reading this. But at the end of this, the most exci- uh, entertaining thing about this whole thing at the end of this is a writers' showcase contest. And they're asking readers to send in a 1,000 to 2,000 word video game related short story. And they're offering real money to the winners in the form yeah. of scholarship bonds. 500 for first, 250 for second, 100 bucks for third. And that's cool, Nintendo. High five. Retroactive high five. For sure. The, yeah, the, the, the rules state no age limit, but they covertly cap it to kids by making the prizes scholarship bonds that mature when the winner turns 18. So uh, I thought that was cool, too, because when I first read, like, no cap to the age. Like, meh. (laughs) Asshole writing in. Yeah. Like, professional writing skills to win 500 bucks. Right, right. You know, that's cool they they did it that way. So Yeah, for sure. That's a cool little contest, and 
Um, I don't, I, 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 I would love to, I don't know, I never entered these things. I fucking, I don't know if Mad Mike ins, in, in, infused or instilled too much cynicism in me as a child. I never fucking entered any contests, really. But I wonder, I would like to know if, I was awfully ramped up on Nintendo. And I wrote a fucking, I wrote an, my, my third grade young author's book was a Nintendo story uh, with, with Mar- a Mario story. So I wonder if I would have been incentivized to write a story then, and I would love to read that hypothetical that doesn't exist story today. <laughs> right. Uh, you also wrote into uh, what was that comic book thing? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's uh, so this is something that you've done before. Yeah, that wasn't a contest though. That was just I was so charged up about Wolverine losing his adamantium. <laughs> right. But I, I guess my point is like you, you like I would not have been the type to write into that kind of shit. Well, like I don't think I was quite old enough to I understand think that's that. That's so significant, and that's why it's so incredible to me. Incredible to me that I ended up meeting mm-hmm. and interviewing the writer of that that issue, mm-hmm. uh, because I never did that any other time. It's not. It's not like that's the one letter that got published out of fucking twenty that that's I wrote. twenty that you wrote. Right. Never sent anything into anything ever. Um, so yeah that's i and this was so many years before that too well not that many years but a few years i would have been 89 uh eight years old yeah so i don't know yeah i don't know it's, i definitely didn't know this is on the radar of possibilities i'm just curious what i would have done had i known all right write the story now fuck it who cares <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who gives a shit dude no. make a short film right now uh the... yeah make it a film there you go right. <laughs> yeah yeah the next thing is Sesame Street 123 getting a two-page spread next, and it is uh, very much NES-based edutainment software, for sure, intended for the younger side of, of kids, of the, of the child spectrum. And so uh, the game boiled down. It's a handful of games you can play with Ernie as a magician, and he focuses on teaching you shapes and colors, and then Grover teaches numbers and math in a space setting. So those are the two different like option sets and each each one has I think six games between the two settings that you can go with. Um, and I actually fired this up for the novelty of it. And the sprites and animation are top fucking shelf, dude. Really? Like yeah, like Big Bird walking on the screen the beginning like he looks great. Uh, they all do. And uh, yeah, really, I mean, very well done presentation wise. The music is incredible. There are Big Bird voice samples even that sound great. So mm. yeah, a lot of quality. I, I mean, kids probably lost their fucking shit. <laughs> I, I played some of these Sesame Streety games also like this, uh, and I, I remember always liking them actually. Yeah, I mean, I, that, I was actually gonna say the I was you know, I mean, you had to be a fucking you know. A, not a monster, but uh, something drastically sheltered and wrong with you to not <laughs> have any exposure and like Sesame Street a little bit at some point in your life. But I don't think I don't think I was really into it. But I feel like you you were a big Sesame Street fan. I was huge into Sesame Street. Yeah, I mean, you had that you had the talking Big Bird doll. I disassembled to add to the robot parts cache. <laughs> My mother was very upset. Yeah, I never got around to actually turn into a robot. Uh, and you, uh, as well as that dope ass kids table with the Big Bird and Cookie Monster chairs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, were they like little plastic chairs? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like little molded plastic. Yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> huge in the Sesame Street, dude. They, they were my boys, for sure. Yeah, that's that's how I remember too. And oh my God, do I have a story about that table, dude? Oh, really? Going with this? I don't know. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> so we were at your mom's trailer. Okay. 
and me, Mad Mike, you, and her having dinner. And I mean, this was this was before. I mean, clearly the trailer. So this is before. I mean, you, you know, how old were you? I, I was probably oh, God five, maybe. That you might have been four or five. Four yeah. might have been four even. Yeah, Super fucking young. And so eighty-eight. We're talking here, nineteen eighty-eight. Probably, yeah, something like that. For our and, listeners born in like twenty twenty or some shit. <laughs> Can't believe how old we are. Right. Uh so yeah, so we're having dinner and you definitely are sitting I don't think I was, which is funny to me, but I you were definitely sitting at that table and like you know, your 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 mom's dinner table and that trailer was like he turned he walked in the front door, it was like there were the steps up to the kitchen, I think, or some so sort you're of right. Yep. Yeah. It was like an elevated kitchen dining area. Right, and the table, like, when you walk up those steps immediately to the right, and then, like, the table was to the left, and your Sesame Street table was, like, straight ahead of those stairs. So, like, there's, like, a little, I mean, not fucking a big, you know, it's a trailer, not that much, but some distance, it's not like they were right on top of each other. And you were sitting over at that table, and we were, I think, sitting at the dinner table, and you only ate hamburgers. (laughs) When you were a kid, hamburgers only. Uh, Hated vegetables, fucking hated vegetables. And... We had dinner, and whatever the fuck we ate, you definitely had a hamburger, but they also had some vegetables over on your plates. And I, and I, I remember, that it's like that frozen vegetable medley, you know, uh, that is all, you know, not only are there vegetables that you hate, but like those are awful I vegetables. I think I know where this is going. <laughs> it's, it's, such, it's so good. <laughs> it's good. And it's, I don't associate it with the table, though. I, I just associate it with the story itself, so. Uh, I, yeah, I associate yeah, it with the on. table a thousand percent with the table. <laughs> uh, so, we have dinner, we finish. You eat your burger, you will not eat the vegetables. <laughs> I, would say, I would say at this point, uh, well, okay, may, maybe I'll let you tell the story. I was going to say, I finished two. Okay, well, you definitely didn't finish all the vegetables. Uh, and Mad Mike, in his domineering fashion, wanted you to finish all the vegetables, uh, even though you're not his kid. <laughs> and who gives a fuck? But he wanted you to finish the vegetables, and he was exerting his power over the situation. And he told you in like fucking stereotypical 1950s American father fashion that you could not get up from the dinner table until you finished your vegetables. And so we finished dinner. I remember leaving the room. I think we all did. And you had to just sit up there and you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't fucking eat the vegetables. So you, you were just like left alone on an island up there uh, all by yourself at the table. And until you finished those vegetables, you were not getting up. So we could probably go play Nintendo or watch Beetlejuice or something. And <laughs> so however long you know i don't have an exact timeline i was young too but you were up there a while alone and eventually i don't know if you brought attention to it i would imagine you did but you were like i'm done or it was it was ascertained that you were done and you were allowed to get up from the table and you walk away and we go do whatever and then however many minutes it was later i don't know if it was your mom or mad mike that found it but you had taken the veg cauliflower. It was cauliflower. I think that was maybe that was it. You would eat everything but the cauliflower. Cauliflower of, sucks. Still, cauliflower day, so, does yeah. suck. Cooked cauliflower is actually good. Uh, but like I said, all those vegetables out of those fucking frozen vegetable medley suck. So sure. Right. And and I'm sure they were probably just cooked and they weren't even probably cooked with any uh, elaborate. Uh, I guarantee you they were not. <laughs> yeah. No, it, they were microwaved with no yeah. preparation. <laughs> yeah. So you had taken the cauliflower and put it underneath the rug that your Sesame Street table sat on and like mushed it down yeah. with, 
<laughs> with those plastic. It was like, which one were you sitting in? Probably the. I think you sat in the Cookie Monster one. Uh, am I am, am I correct? Yeah, there was a Cookie Monster and a Big Bird. And I think you oh sat in the... shit, and it had like the heads on the top. Of right, them. exactly. They were the characters. Oh the my god, were... that's right. Yeah, I, I did sit in Cookie Monster. You're right. Yeah, and and you had taken the leg, uh, the foot of the chair, and mushed it down beneath the, the fucking carpet or right. the rug, the throw rug in the kitchen, and just. That thought that it. that would never come, would never be a thing. Yeah, <laughs> it was squished between a rug and uh, linoleum flooring, and yeah, I mean it was caught immediately. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and yeah it probably like it probably leaked through the fucking uh, the fucking rug. You know, it's like watery, probably watery, buttery. Fucking. <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> Dumbass kid solution. And like, I think I think they were so amused that you didn't even get in trouble. I think they were they were they thought really? it was so fun. Uh, I'm sure, you know, they probably did some, I was in some kind of trouble. Right. But like, I think they like, you know, it's the kind of thing like uh, my, you know, I don't have a kid, but my dog will do shit. It's like, uh, like it doesn't like, like you like, that's actually kind of fucking smart and funny. (laughs) If you're going to do it, that's how I like it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's a crafty solution to this problem set. I'll give it to you. Right. The the boy (laughs) might not like cauliflower, but he is creative. (laughs) Yeah, you got outside the box on that one without a doubt. Uh, and yeah, dude, the second I thought about that table, or it's the second I think about that table ever, that's immediately the next thought I have. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I remember the story vividly. I just don't associate it with the table uh, for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah, cauliflower sucks, man. Uh, let's fucking eat broccoli all day. Broccoli's way better. You, man, if you fucking take it and you cook it with, I, I toss it. Uh, I don't know where I found this. I used to cook for a living, keep in mind. So I know, I just don't like it. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm telling you, man, it's good. If I can take it, you toss it with a little bit of olive oil, but a ton of lemon juice, and then make it spicy as fuck uh, with a bunch of, you know, cayenne pepper and and chili pepper and stuff. Uh, It's good as fuck, dude. And then cook it for 30-ish minutes. Um, Bake it. It's it's super bomb. (sighs) But raw cauliflower is awful. Whenever you have the vegetable spreads, cauliflower is just sitting there left alone yeah sure (laughs) no one wants to play with you cauliflower Ah! okay so they open up the heavens and dump a 16 page uh plus double-sided three-panel fold-out poster feature on us for zelda 2 adventure of link next so here we go the whole page key art illustration for the feature is pretty hot it's link walking away from, towards us, rather, with the sword and shield in hand. Not the it's, it looks nothing like the cover, but uh, it's it's a total illustration and looks much more in the world of of uh, how we perceive or think of Legend of Zelda. Very much so. Yeah, another, cross, we, another giant cross, though. Another giant cross. Uh, that is on <laughs> is on even you can see that on the shield in the uh, game Legend of Zelda. Okay, I don't know if you can. I don't think you can. You might be able to see it. On the overworld map, uh, but because of the side view, you never see it in the in the action. Right. Uh, anyhow, the uh, back to the illustration. The the Hyrule castles in the distance behind him, uh, you know, which is kind of how all these things are. Uh, but it, the reason it like it looks like the Wizards and Warriors thing, but that's because this also looks like the other thing we already said looks like the Wizards and Warriors thing back on Nintendo Fun Club News issue six. Like this is like a slight alteration of that art you know that they mm-hmm. it's like they they changed it but not really and i thought that you know i don't know it's either lazy yeah. or interesting or something like if you're going to change it 
If you're not just going to give it to us again, like don't insult us and try to suggest that it's different. (laughs) Though it probably did. It probably was lost on the children reading the magazine, but right. Yeah. People for an asshole reading it in September 30th, 2019. Yeah. yeah, It looks just like some other art you threw in thrown at us before. So try harder, please. Actually, it had been fucking forever since that, uh, (laughs) since that issue when they told us it was coming out then. Yeah. That's Uh, a good point. Also their their credit. Uh, yeah, a a bunch of the illustrations here are great throughout this piece. It's got, I mean, those are all things that are, um, I don't know where the instructions look. I feel like I've seen all these. I see like that one with uh, what's that? The old woman's name. That's like she's in all the new ones too. I can't think of her name offhand, but uh, does it say there? No. When it's talking about my hand in hand in the Triforce, the old woman <clears throat> on the ground, hand in the Triforce mm-hmm. on the second page. There, that's an illustration. I feel like that has been used a billion times for Legend of Zelda lore stuff. Or is know? this just is this the same art style as that one cartoon? Remember that box that you found? I, me at yeah, I thought that of that. Too. I I I. I was gonna say, are these cells from that cartoon? So I didn't pop- think they were from the cartoon, but I they could be. But I was just guessing they were the same art style, and that's why you thought you'd seen them. That's possible. You know, that's possible. I, I do not have a distinct reference or citation to suggest that it is something that has been used before. But I, I'd be surprised if the cartoon was already out and produced. At the this cartoon point. was definitely not out yet. Now the cartoon was early ninety, like ninety one or something. Okay. Uh, so it wasn't out yet, but. I don't know. I mean, that's that's an interesting little research project that won't get done. We get a page bringing us up to speed on the story. That's the page we're talking about now. And it's how the princess has been put to sleep, and Link is now in the hunt for a third Triforce, the Triforce of Courage. As well, uh, it talks about the gameplay format changes from the first Zelda 2 to get you acclimated to that. There is a page of item and spell breakdowns, which is fucking great, as they always are. Uh, Handy Glove is an amusing moniker. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Handy, handy glove. You got to say it a particular way. <laughs> the, yeah. the inflection matters. This is a handy glove. Yeah, it, I would call it like a power gauntlet or some power glove or power gauntlet or something. Right. Just anything to make it sound like not prostitution, masturbation. <laughs> I, I did. I, you know what's funny? I swear to God, I didn't even think of that. Oh, I, I did. I didn't sexualize it at all, so good job. Yeah, uh, I sexualized everything. <laughs> terrible. Including the. <laughs> yeah, can't take me anywhere oh, again. And then we are on to an on parchment map illustration of Hyrule that is pretty damn awesome. But also, wait a minute this this item section has to much like much like me has to get you uh, to make it sexual again hard. For sure, yeah, I like Be- it. I mean, because this layout, I mean, it just I want to find and experience all this shit when I see it. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I I feel like it's redundant at this point to say that we love these. So I did. Yeah, it's almost like are you are you challenging me? Like. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna find the raft. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I think yeah, it, it, they, you know, it's um, but, uh, I, since this is the purpose of this page, like the items in this, it's 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 so different than like like the the items are they have less utility. Like all these items only have like one or two <laughs> little instances of use. You know, uh, they're much less integrated into the gameplay i feel for the most part i mean that you know that the handy glove you do use in a number of temples to for the falling block situations and stuff uh i only remember using the hammer in one spot uh you there's a few places where those rocks are where you have to see i thought there might be others yeah yeah so there's 
there's at least because there's you have to do the one just to get down to the lower half if you don't want to go through that fucking cave system on the left hand side <clears throat> south of Ruto. <clears throat> there's the one just to get down to the marsh area where the second temple is and then you to get over to where you would use the raft later to the right uh, and king's tomb and that cemetery and shit that stuff uh there's another one i'm sure there's some over on uh, uh, across the the water too so yeah there's a handful of them but it's, okay. it's not you know it's not a ton for sure and the flute right. you know only has uh i think only one or two instances the raft just has uh, i think just the one actually you know i know yeah it's just far like the boots you know you do that water walking stuff a couple of times you don't really have to otherwise like it's just not not a huge part of the gameplay right. and, and items are everything in legend of zelda you know the you're need to use the arrows a million times. You got to use the step ladder a million times. You got to use the bombs. fucking the raft. The, yeah, the bomb. You got all that shit. You use a ton, you know. No bombs in this game. There are no bombs in this game. That is weird. I guess too. I never noticed that until literally right now. Yeah. Um magic is obviously a big the, a, a lot of the the reason for that is because of the ex- existence of the magic and those <clears throat> ways you do damage and interact with the environment. In the case of the fairy, you know, those are things that are spell-based now as opposed to an item that does some sort of... Right, and if you got a, a like a wall you need to get through, you're using the hammer here. Right. Yep. Instead of a bomb, so it's, you know, same function in a way, but... Same but different. Same but different. Same but different. Yeah, but yeah, the breakdown's fucking great. Love all of it, for sure. And so, yeah, so the, the map is fucking great over there on the right. And they use the bottom of this page to explain the side view action screens that you encounter when one of the overworld map enemy sprites hits you. And they explain these as being three screens worth of, worth of shit to deal with, with Link starting on the center of the three. And... It checks out as logical in my head, but I had never thought of it like this. I, I didn't think of it as like three panels, you know, and it's just, I don't know, it, it changed the way I thought about these. Because uh, they are, when you, you, you appear in the middle, and I've always thought about like just get off right or left. You know? Get to the edge immediately. <laughs> yeah, so it, it, I never thought of it as like you know, three different things. So Right, I think I was aware of it, like you could go right or left, and it was only a certain distance, but right. it didn't ever strike me as important enough to mention. Right. Yeah. Like again, like you said, once you ended up in a battle, you just fought your way out to the edge, and then you got back on the overworld screen. I was not uh, conducting an engineering uh, survey. <laughs> no, this was not exploratory. I did not. I wanted to go. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, uh, continuing the breakdown extravaganza, we get the enemies itemized, or many of the enemies, anyhow, itemized on the next page, and I love the illustrations for They're each. They're really good. So good. They look fucking awesome. They Every, look like actual scary like Dungeons and Dragons monsters. Yeah, yeah they're very mature. That, that goes back. It's, that's a funny difference from something we've talked about already in the previous uh, appearances of this in these magazines. How like they're very overly cartoony to some degree, I feel, uh, when this is so much of this game is, I, I think, meant to be a more mature effort or a more mature environment for Link, you know? I don't know. And th- this, this better represented that to me, and I thought that was cool, too. Yeah, I mean, when you see a picture like this, it's hard to say, like, this is a little adulty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, the, 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 honestly, like, some of these monsters are, like, straight up to a child. Honest to God, scary. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that fucking centipede thing? What the fuck? <laughs> very scary, dude. And even, like, that, just that fucking blue slime from 
essentially Dragon Warrior, the bot, yeah. top left. Like, that is fucking scary, dude. Yeah, yeah. the, the, art, the artist rendition there is way more terrifying than the, the graphical or the in-game <laughs> version of it. Rendition or whatever, yeah. Uh, yeah, the, I mean, the fish, the bone, those fucking <clears throat> annoying-ass bonefish that are on the bridge that will knock you at least 50% of the time into the water. Mm-hmm. Pricks. Uh, is that a dar, dar, daria? Uh, no, the ba- bago bago. No, right. I'm talking about the one below it though, like that scary lizard. Oh yeah, those things. Buckets. The ones that throw. Those are the those are the things in the Death Mountain area. The ones that. And those those axes go pretty quick, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, the the darker ones throw them, and that, yeah, they're. He even mentions Link's shield is useless. <laughs> yeah, which is very appropriately worded. Indeed. Yeah. On the topic of those colors, the bottom left here, it it. it Gives us a little infographic about the uh, how the color of the enemy corresponds to its strength because there are different versions of many of these enemies uh, that are of, of differing difficulties, basically. Right. That's cool, and it's cool that it gives you like an explanation of that. Okay. Uh, the last breakdown on the next page covers all the different types of head palace guardian slash bosses, and these also look pretty cool. Other than the horse head one looking a little like a Bojack Horseman character to me. It does look like a bad Bojack character. <laughs> yeah, they, these are really hot. The, uh, Karak, the sorcerer, is probably my favorite. He looks fucking really, really cool. Yeah, that is a good one. These ones aren't as good as the uh, the, the standard enemies. No, not overall, no. But, but they're good. Still good, yeah. Still good. And from there, it's on to the walkthrough of the game. Uh, the first thing that stood out to me was how well-written the copy is. They, they really brought their A game for the Big Dog franchise here, and that, that was cool. There's a lot of, uh, a great deal of effort to make it feel like writings that would exist within the story world. You know, mm-hmm. um, It has kind of this... <laughs> Uh, medieval fantasy flair to it, you know. Tone. But below, yeah. But below, in the great halls and passages, it is said that a candle awaits. Like that is, you know, that's some shit you would hear in Lord of the Rings or something. And that's cool. That's good. And yeah, nice, and you nice, could nice. just say like, oh yeah, like there's a candle in the basement. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if this was written in like a, you know, uh, by 1989 standards, uh, modern. Uh, tonality or or, 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 or or fashion, you know, no one would have ever thought to criticize that. So it's one of those things like going the extra mile, and that's that's very cool and commendable. Right. <clears throat> I don't know how exactly... Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't know exactly how to describe it. I think I actually kind of did describe it there. So it's a dumb point. But their, their darkness uh, hangs like a cloak, and there lurks a louder which Link must pass. Like That's also a tasty little one I liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's talking about, this is on the second page of this, and it's talking about the cave passage to Parappa Desert, and it explains right after that that you can only see the creature's feet in the darkness, and looking for those, and this, it's the first cave that you get to in the whole game, I think. Oh, if you don't yeah. go into the trophy, uh, if you don't wander into that um, first, you this is the first, like, logical cave to, that you run into and yeah you can there's only one enemy in the whole thing and it's just one of those fucking things that crawl around on the ground the blue ones uh but you can't see because you don't have the candle yet so it's it's dark in there so uh looking for those feet is one of those nintendo things that is as involuntarily known to me as how to breathe you know what oh, i mean right uh it's just like you know there is no actual cognitive effort 
to be looking like I'm just my eyes are art. Let's I go into that cave and I'm watching. I'm already it. doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, and that's <laughs> that's why we're doing this podcast. Actually, is the exact that's the that's an example of the whatever uh, elusive thing these games did to us. Uh, that is an example of it. You know. Right. It, it would also remind, like, I forgot that was a thing looking for, like, that darkness in the cave and this, like, I completely forgot about that and looking for the feet and using that as an indicator of where the enemies are. But it immediately reminded me of the other Nintendo darkness navigation feat, which we can both do with our eyes closed, upside down, underwater, holding our breath, which is Dragon Warrior. Dragon Warrior. Well, I think we already, we already talked about this. Yeah, where we, we can walk through that uh, the Green Dragon Cave without even fucking thinking right yeah thinking or, or having a, a torch <clears throat> yeah i don't need a torch there and that, that's what i was like it kind of reminded me of what you were saying about that dark cave like yep you can navigate it just looking for the feet you just gotta fucking have confidence in yourself to do it and yeah blah 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 the point is dragon warrior yeah yeah <laughs> for sure and so the first uh well i absolutely first of all i love absolutely love the illustration style of the palace maps uh they go all the way uh, up to the fourth palace here in this walkthrough and uh, which is the Palace of the, of the Maze Island, or Palace of Maze Island. Uh, so this baby holds your hand quite a ways into the game, uh, which is, I think, even further than I ever got as a kid without Game Genie. Um, so that's intense slash interesting that they went that far with it. And they even I later... I think you kind of need it with this game, man. This game's tough. Yeah, I mean, that's I don't disagree with you. Uh, but it is... <laughs> they don't... I guess, you know, that's a testament to that, I guess, because they don't do that with most games. And they even, at the end here, they, they're they going to tease that the fifth and sixth palaces are in the next issue. So, so they're going to yeah, do more. Yeah, so they really thought that, you know, this was a motherfucker, basically. Right. You know, that they needed to do all that hand-holding. Uh, so the first palace has the candle as the item. Does that mean it's basically a two-page spread for each one of the, the palaces here? So the first palace is, is Proper Palace, and it has uh, the candles item, which of course illuminates the dark caves, and has Horsehead, Bojack, as the as the boss. And what's up with that Link illustration in the middle of the second palace? Turn to the second palace page and look at the, the map area. Right in the middle there. What page are we talking here? Twenty. This is page twenty-eight. I think. Yeah, it's page twenty-eight. Twenty-seven. Wow. I didn't even notice that. that. Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. Uh, Link got a short shoved up his ass. Yeah, and like, what does the skull with the arrow mean exactly? I mean, I, I dead, I guess, but why? maybe he got shot with an arrow as well that had a skull as a knock i don't know maybe and he got that white flag up before he died I, like this is all yeah when when you get an arrow and a sword up the ass you surrender yeah look at his hand like it's very it's even though yeah it's just it, there's a lot going on in that picture <laughs> there's right, a ton going yeah. on in that illustration and uh, also for nintendo as prude as they are <laughs> well you know weird. that's like it's not <clears throat> sexual we are making it sexual cuz we're fucking losers but the uh, you know yeah, I don't know. There's just a lot going on. There's really nothing else. There's no other way to word it. There's just a lot I going on. I don't know, man. That's right. <laughs> I, I, maybe I am a loser, and maybe I over, overly sexualize things, but like that seems weird for Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So the second palace has the handy glove, the aforementioned handy glove, and that empowers you to break the stones that fall here, which is cool, a cool mechanic that this game has. And it's... It, I, I get some strange OCD satisfaction out of carving my way through those those falling block areas. I, I enjoy those a great deal. Uh, like you have to like make you have to like carve out 
a stairwell through them, you know? Right. Um, like, if, well, you can, if that's one way to do it, I guess. Another way is to fucking try to hurry your ass through it. I would always let them fall all the way and completely fill up the screen. Oh, my God. The risk was mitigated entirely. And then I would carve out a perfect staircase. Right. Uh, and that makes sense, though, actually. Like, why go in there and start fucking around with these things that can fall and hit you? Just wait till it's done. Yep. Uh, yeah, dude, it's not just a hat rack that I have on my shoulders, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even wear hats. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't even like even, even if it was a hat rack, it's not a very good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't win them all. The, uh, so Helmet Head is the boss here in the second palace. And yeah, he's like a, a big knight that his, uh, I think his head flies around and then you got to like knock it off. And another one grows out of it that is just a normal head and you can fucking, that you have to hit that to kill him. So he's a little bit of an interesting enemy. And the, excuse me, the third palace bestows the raft and pits you against Iron Head. Or Iron Knuckle, or <laughs> Iron Knuckle, yes, <laughs> not all named Head. And that Thaphos illustration on the right is really badass. The skeleton. Um, which page are we on here? The next palace, so the third, thirty and thirty-one. Thirty, thirty-one. Oh, I was a little bit behind. Sorry. Uh, yeah, that's a good skeleton there. Yeah, it's cool looking. Man. I was still looking at the uh, the lizard man knight thing on page uh, yeah. twenty-nine. Those are cool, too. That's hot. That's it of the mace. Oh, that's really cool. Yep. Those are uh, inappropriately placed here in that those are, like, very late in the game enemies hmm. uh, and are very hard, too. They're, they're, like, an even tougher version of those lizards with the axes because they have shields that you have to... You have, they have the same type of, like, really relentless attack method but uh, heightened defense in that. Because, like, the the ones that throw the axes, fuck you, because you can't really do it. But with the lizards, the ones that just swing the axe, you can, if you stand in place, you can actually bounce them off you further than their attack can go. And they're relatively easy. The ones that throw it, fuck you, because you can't set that up right, you know. Right, um, there's no way to get at them at, the, at that moment. Right. <laughs> those those are fucked. I mean, you gotta... I, I, I don't even think I engage those guys. I just uh, down thrust over them and run. <laughs> right. Like, just get me moving, right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I didn't notice this, but the one in the, on this, uh, still on the second palace here, the Swamp Palace, the things in the bottom left are, or that illustration in the bottom left, rather, is those, like, the most common enemy in the early palaces, those ones that just run and die on one whack, you know? They don't mm-hmm. even have an attack, they just run at you. Yeah. Like, I never thought of them as, that's a wolf, right? It sure seems like it. Never th- I, I'm, well, I'm guessing that's what those represent, and it never occurred to me that, that might be, those might be wolves by the sprites in the game. I always right. I thought, I never even tried to figure it out. They just looked like some sort of, I don't know what the fuck they were. <laughs> right, yeah, well, they just, you just killed them. They died instantly, so right. don't take the time to look. So that's building the, the story world out in my head here with, with this piece. Good job, Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And the fourth palette. <clears throat> maze one and here you get the boots that let you walk on some water tiles in the, in the overworld not all of them uh, the blurb about doom knockers which <laughs> is an amazing fucking monster name yeah, <laughs> kind of uh, yeah says the reflect spell works on their projectile attacks and that is new information in my life do you remember these things I don't they, know that I got this far actually 
these are not they're not just in the four like you see these before here i think uh they you've definitely seen them before they're they're blue and they're much skinnier than that illustration insinuates and you can't see spikes on the thing they throw at you really so it's it's a little bit more uh, of a diabolical uh upping of their da- how dangerous they look mm-hmm. relative to the sprite of the game but yeah they like they throw this thing at you and it kind of it's they're a little bit tough in that again yeah you have no defense against their thing your shield doesn't work on their projectiles so you kind of just get whacked a couple times and then fucking whack the shit out of them they die relatively quickly but you're always going to take damage uh it never occurred to me that casting the reflect spell could give you defense against them and then they would be even you know right then then you would have an actual defense right um so that was new information i can't actually picture these things man i can't I bet if you saw this right, you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." Let me let me actually pull up a video and see if I can remind myself. I, I finally see. I finally get the Google search Doom Knockers. Yeah, <laughs> I've been waiting for this my whole life. Right. Yeah. Uh, the boss here is Karak, the wizard that I love the illustration of uh, a few pages back, and those are you definitely need the reflect spell for those. And that's uh, I think this is the last one I beat in the 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 playthrough that I'm cracking on right now which i'm i'm actually still stuck in the fifth palace of so yeah i I got through this palace uh and that was a a relatively difficult uh boss fight if i recall correctly but yeah i I need to get i need to fucking pick that back up and finish this game like this is a a game that i to not have in my fucking you know my lineage of things done on this quest that we're on uh is absolute blasphemy and i need to fix it Right, yeah, you should have that one. Be- and also, my Nintendo Online thing, I got a free one for a year. When that expires, I will lose that game. <laughs> that safe state. Uh, and, and if that, if I haven't been, if I go to turn it on to play it and that has happened, I will be Then you're done forever. Yeah, I will be very upset, for sure. Yeah, then you're not beating it. Yeah. So the last page before the fold-out map teases the March issue, covering those fifth and sixth palaces, as I already mentioned it does. And uh, <clears throat> the map... Uh, itself the, the fold-out map is three pages of non-stop heart-pounding action <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's a stellar illustration of the entire overworld it's fucking mm. great yeah. um i i threw this actually on the nes subreddit too and it hit top billing for a day everyone loved it so i'm not alone in my opinion uh about how great this is and it led to a really cool thing being pointed out to me uh in that subreddit post the death mountain area in the lower left mm. is actually the full Legend of Zelda overworld map. Does that make sense? Do you see what I'm saying? Like the entire Oh, I guess I kind of do. Yeah, just like just like Dragon Warrior <laughs> 1 to 2, how all of of uh, uh is it not not Tangel's the castle. What's the name of the of the Alfgard? Uh yes, I think so. All of Alfgard is in uh, is is just a small part of the of the total overworld map in Dragon Warrior Two. Same thing is happening here, and uh, this beat Dragon Warrior Two by a mile in this idea, and that is dope ass game design for the late eighties. Um, okay, so I think I just found the overworld map from one ish. I mean, it's got that, that the lake there, like that lake. Right, the right in the center. Map, yeah. I mean, it's and, and then Death Mountain in the top left, and then there's another body of water to the right. Yeah, and the cemetery over to the left, that big cemetery that's over on the left hand oh side. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, dude, it's fucking good. The oh, four, four, I never noticed there. that. And even even because it has the two, the 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 real way 
that I think that people clock this, and I'm upset that I didn't, I guess because I really haven't gotten that far as part of why, but the Skull Rock, you can see it on the map, the two eyes to uh, the Skull area. That's the where level 9 is in the first quest on Zelda. Mm. Blow the hole in the one rock. And the Skeleton Eye is where the fucking Ganon's level yeah. is in the dungeon. Those two rocks are there in the middle of Death Mountain. Right. Okay. Huh. I, I actually never noticed that. Yeah, neither did I. I was like, oh, like okay. you know, it's one of those things where you're like, you feel like you got hit by a bus. You're like, right, oh, holy God. shit, right in front of me. <laughs> right. I've been, I've been, this has been under my nose for two, fucking three decades. <laughs> right. Like, as my mom used to say, if it was a snake, it would have bit you. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, that was, I, you know, that was incredible. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, this is a hell of a game. Like, truly epic and unforgivingly challenging. Uh, and that, I don't know, that's, uh, that's, uh, something that's just, you know, it doesn't exist anymore. Like the, I think the, the, the lead, the, the kind of sprawling difficulty that this game imposes or, or, or presents is, is, uh, something that will, I don't think gets replicated, will ever get replicated, you know, um, in today's, the way things are done today, game, right. game development wise, you know? Yeah, it's just the expectations from the customers just seem to be different. And like I, you know, I've mentioned it before, even talking about something like Subnautica. Like I love Subnautica. I love that they made it fun and interesting and different and scary. And like that's why like all of the uniqueness that they brought to the table made it one of my favorite games of all time. But at the same time, as I said before, like I have a job. I have yeah. to go to this thing forty hours a week. Like, could you maybe just include a map system? <laughs> like, and that you didn't like makes it hard and interesting and more fun i get it but like you know my old ass is like i want my map so i know where i'm going like do you know what i mean like there's just yeah. there's not an incentive for them to create games like this like dark souls actually is probably the closest it gets to shit like this and people either love that game because of what it is or they hate it because they're like i don't have time for that shit yeah, yeah. so yeah yeah i mean that's that's you know what fire him that's fire emblem may impose upon me like i i say i want the hard anyone can die at any moment experience but i'm only inches into that and like whether or not my opinion on, on that will uh, continue throughout the play of the game is tbd you know right i mean once you lose a character that was a high level that you've lovingly cultivated over all this time and he's a heavy hitter in your squad Yep. When he dies and you can't complete even the most basic battles, yeah, we'll see yep. how you feel. Yeah, that. yeah, I might chuck my fucking my my uh, Joy-Con out into the dog run. <laughs> Sud- suddenly being a pussy and wanting to reload makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. So yeah, man. I mean, we you know we kind of like I don't want to delve too much into it because we've kind of already talked about it. But you 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 know you had this game, you had the cart, and we played the shit out of it, mm-hmm. and didn't maybe necessarily get terribly far because of that difficulty. But I, I do feel like it was a big part of our common Nintendo childhood experience, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely remember playing this game a lot, putting it in and firing it up. And, you know, again, not necessarily getting anywhere, but, like, it was a thing we did a lot. Yeah, wanting to, for sure. Yeah. So, high five, Legend of, Two, Legend of Zelda 2, Adventure of Link. Fucking yeah, great crazy. game. And great uh, job on Nintendo Power here with this piece. I think they did. It's without a doubt their magnum opus to date. Until Final Fantasy rolls around. Sure, sure. With the they greatest piece of video game literature ever. You know, we can only talk about this far into the timeline, and to mm. date, that's without a doubt the, 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 the hottest thing they got going so far. 
that is the Marble Madness Stage 3 theme, and it gets us into Act 2 of this baby. And that starts by imploring you to grab your board, or it starts, rather, by imploring you to grab your board and hit the concrete in a five-page feature on Ultra's Skater Die. This is also written in a style that aims to be in the vein or in the world of skateboarding in 1989, but it falls much shorter <laughs> yeah. than the Zelda. Uh, <clears throat> uh, it feels like old men trying to write young and hip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, as you know, I used to skateboard. I was in the scene, so to say. And uh, so, like, you know, I, I know about these things. And, uh, yeah, no one talks like this. Yeah, yeah. The hip, the hip is definitely in quotations. <laughs> right. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Uh, I actually, great. I still to this day skate. Just the other, uh, just last week, I was skateboarding and I fell down and got uh, some road rash on my palms, and it still hurts. I mean, every time I see someone with a skateboard, I, I think to myself, get the fuck. Like that's an adult. I think you're an adult. Get the fuck off that skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 35 in about a month, and uh, I took this fall, and, like, I, every time I fall on my skateboard, which is, like, kind of every time I get on it, so, like, maybe once every two or three months, uh, every time I fall on it, I'm like, that could literally be the last time I ever fall, because I might get off this thing and never get back on. That's an insane activity to me. Yeah, it's, it's tough sometimes. As an adult, like I said. Right. Uh, the illustrations in this piece are by the artist that did that baseball extravaganza in the last issue, and I bet the RC Pro-Am piece, too, if you recall that one. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's, it's that anxiety-riddled style <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that I am not a fan of. It looks like uh, ADHD. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like this is what the inside of somebody who needs Adderall, I think this is what their brain looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not I just hate this art style. Yeah. Uh, each page, so each in this piece, each page covers an event. There's freestyle, high jump, the jam, and race downhill courses, and the pool joust. And they actually try. This is great. Uh, they try. It's not totally uncommon that they try to sell you shit, but they 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 very deliberately try to sell you an NES advantage here in the high jump section, mm. saying uh, they even picture it. You know, which that's that's the extreme case uh, that is that is often or that is further than they usually go to picture the controller in a piece that has nothing to do with controllers. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it tells you that that you have to jam on the B button to pick up speed uh, so fast in this that a Turbo controller makes your life considerably easier, which is correct. <laughs> uh, when I would fire this up and fiddle with it, and like <clears throat> I was jamming and it, I was going nowhere. So uh, there's a safety. Could you turn the turbo uh, on in your emulator? Could you like? I could have done that. I don't. Uh, the con uh, I. I don't. I my. The, I have real NES controllers, so I map them. Uh -huh realistically and and i i could remap to turbo uh right. the, the, the turbo b button or whatever it would have been but uh I, you know that i no, i didn't go to that link right yeah, yeah not that important to me to play skate or die uh-huh uh at least with turbo there's a safety disclaimer nintendo tries to cover their ass with at the end and it goes like seriously skater these tricks are for video play only skate safe wear a helmet so uh that amused me that they felt the need to qualify that like that this video game stuff um anyone would try to reenact it uh, or that's that something oh go ahead sorry that's something you see today sure you know like you know don't do this you idiot <laughs> um but, but yeah i just wonder if like somebody would have no sorry 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 I don't, I don't have anything important to say i i just wonder if like a kid actually like went out and skateboarded 
hurt themselves and they're like, Mommy, it was because of Skate or Die. Like, is that actually... In the game? Yeah, I guess that's possible. I did not Google to see if there were any stories, nor... No, I mean, like, in real life. Like, if I went out and skateboarded and hurt myself, and then my mom was like, why'd you do that? You're like, skate or die? Like, is Nintendo going to get... Well, what I'm saying is, I mean, because, you know, the, uh, the game was out when this piece was published. So, obviously, Nintendo has no uh, existing reason to feel worried about this from their own actions, but it is distinctly possible that the game came out and something happened, and it was in the news, and somehow Skate or Die was blamed as a game, and so when Nintendo does the piece, they... Legal tells them to cover their asses. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like that, that is 100% possible scenario in my mind. Uh, so I hadn't thought about it like that. But uh, if not, then it is funny that they just felt the, the need to go that far, you know? Right. Though then again, if you were trying to like drop in on like a fucking... And they show a vert ramp here, which is insane. But you know, you're just trying to drop in like a quarter pipe or something. Like you will fucking bust your ass, man. Like oh, really badly. Wildly dangerous activity. That's why I can't believe you know. Like I said, kids do a lot of dumb stuff. Sure, I did dumb stuff as a kid too. But like the idea of an adult putting yourself in harm's way like this is batshit insane to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm as, actually as, fucking as, amazed as, I didn't break a wrist the other day. To be honest, yeah, that's fucking insane. Uh, you know, as, uh, even I mean, even as a professional, but at least in that case, you're you know you're doing it frequently and. Uh, at a high level where one, there is cause to be taking the, the risks that you're taking, right. but B, you have a heightened proficiency than just some asshole on a skateboard uh, wherever, you know. Which is my qualification. <laughs> right, right. Most people's <laughs> qualification. Uh, so this is the game I had a desire to like, but it just never did it for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, my memory suggested it was difficult to intuitively sort the controls, uh, and even once you did so, it was clunky. And did you, did, do you have any experience with this? So I, I think I can maybe expound on yours a little bit. I have a little bit of experience with this um, because we I grew up and had Ski or Die. You remember that? Right, for sure, yeah. And that was and very much that's better. A fan, fantastic game. Much better, yeah. And I always remember playing that and enjoying it, and then, you know, eventually at one point in my life, I started skateboarding and I was like, oh, shit, I remember there was that game Skate or Die. And I plugged it in and found it very much not like Ski or Die and not that good. Yeah. Well, it was very much like it. Like it was almost identical in like right. form and presentation <clears throat> and, you know, yeah, even like a lot of the events and shit is like yeah, all the same. Exactly the same. Yeah. Just you're down skis and there's snow. <laughs> Out uh, of the ski shop instead of the I mean, the skate yeah, shop. even the ski shop is just, it's that dude just with some skis, some like extreme ski shit on yeah know? i think he has like long blonde hair and looks like a skiing douchebag instead of a skating douchebag <laughs> yeah exactly uh so yeah it's the like uh, almost every way the exact same game but it just somehow was much better uh i i, I very fondly remember the snowball fight one is so fun like, I, I, that's actually really a good. game uh that i should put in my list prematurely even though we haven't gotten it to yet but that's a game i'll fire up and fuck around with every now and again because the some of the events are that much fun. The inner tube race is fun, which is way better than the downhill race. And this with the skateboards, uh, way less, way smoother and fluent, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, everything about skier die is kind of fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even like, yeah, the snowball thing is amazing. It's amazing that it's so good because <clears throat> the snowball fight, because you're using crosshairs and usually that does not work well. You know, we have operation wolf coming up here and that's one of the things I have to say about that. Like if you're trying to use the crosshairs with the D pad, to shoot 
something from a POV perspective, it very rarely works well right. on on the NES. And uh, they, I thought they figured out the the right mapping speed for for that to make it to make it work pretty well. And yeah, you could like you could turn because you had like four. You were like in a in a fort, surrounded. Right. And yeah, motherfuckers coming on the thing all over the place, and you got to like move uh, ninety degree amounts to each side of the fort to deal with whatever that screen was. Yeah, it's really well done. Really, really cool. Right. Even if there's not an enemy on the screen, you can be getting pummeled. Yeah, from behind. Yeah, shit behind on the side, right. So, such a cool thing. Uh, and they, and I wish they, I don't know what they could have done with this that was like that, but... Probably so, yeah. Bottles, Skier Die was a step up, for sure. And this, uh, when I did fire it up... Yeah. The title screen is pretty cool looking. It's like a big sprite of a dude midair. Uh, vans to board. That, like that's that's me trying to be hip. Vans to board. Is that the <laughs> same? Uh, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, 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 I tried the freestyle and the downhill jam events and had absolutely no fun whatsoever. Just the controls yeah. are shit. Nothing. No, just no fun at all, man. Um, and I'm sure with some instruction booklet f- fodder, I could become a little more proficient enough in it to to maybe enjoy it a little more but i yeah i think it is severely um limited and and what how much fun you could have playing this right yeah it's just not it's not quite there i didn't like it yeah so next up we get howard and esther and it is a track and field two theme uh for this or after that rather and I don't know. Nestor's a punk. This one sucks. I didn't find it at all interesting. Uh, it was not. It was a step back from that Simon's Quest mm-hmm. step four we had last issue. I thought. And after that, we get Counselor's Corner, and it deals in Super Mario Two, Golgo Thirteen, Wizards and Warriors, Legend of Zelda, and Simon's Quest. And the first thing, man, we owe Sega an immense apology. <laughs> oh shit! What do we do? I missed it. The third Super Mario 2 thing here basically says the game is broke and you're fucked if and when the break randomly happens while playing the game. <laughs> okay, so the third Super Mario 2 piece. Right, so basically sometimes the stage exit door after waxing Fry Guy, one of the, the boss of World 4-3, sometimes the stage exit door, like that kind of like uh, the light coming up, you know? Yeah, kinda... like it's behind the stage or whatever. Yeah, the... Uh, I've never thought about it like that. Uh, I think actually, the... isn't that like a thing with like all Mario's? Like Mario Three is very much like that. Well, Mario Two is much like that. The whole thing is like an actually a uh, a stage. Mario Three as well, because you can run behind the set. Oh like... yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That's, that's you know right. how like the the blocks that you climb yep. onto and like those are set forward in the piece a little bit. Whistles, yeah. You're right. Yeah, that's cool. Cool observation. The the so yeah, there's so their solution to this door not appearing is a controller hack sequence that I don't know if it works in all games, but it's, it's a, uh, it auto kills you and starts you back to the beginning of the stage for this. Uh. Exactly. Uh, press and hold up on the control on the other controller. So you need to have a second controller plugged in. <laughs> oh. And then uh, you need, on that controller you need to hold up and press the A and B buttons at the same time. And it'll, you'll lose a character and start at the beginning of the stage. So you can try again. That's their solution proposal. So, we said Nintendo would never do this while talking about that baseball game thing that a couple Sega fucking team challenge or whatever the fuck, a few issues of the Sega back. Uh, they remember the baseball game was fucked and they're like, yeah, it's just broke. I don't know to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. The, the, the admission in the fucking the magazine, in the magazine, right. you mean. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought you were talking about the suicide thing. No, uh, yeah. from Zillion. No, 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 no. That was right, in right. The, that's that's way fucking more uh, viable or fucking. Right, but anyways, yeah, like they did actually just straight up admit it. Like, yeah, it like up, it's broke, and here's a shitty solution for that. So it's also crazy that they have a like. So is that hack or not hack? That's not the right way to put it. But that that controller uh, function that you can put in to just die. Is that in the instruction booklet? I doubt it. It does not say here, and I didn't do enough research to know whether that's the case, but I would doubt it. Uh, if it were, it wouldn't need to be here, theoretically, right? Yeah, I mean, you would think. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's obvious that like it's an issue that they are aware of in the game, and then yeah. they programmed like a way out of it. Well, I mean, that like I said, that, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that is like an ex I, I i i don't i no they did not my hypothesis anyways we don't know but my hypothesis is that they did not program this as the solution they if they'd known the problem was there they just would have had they would have fixed the problem the this is like a dev thing that the the fucking system can do i'm guessing at least within the confines of this program code uh that on this cartridge that can do this you know what i mean mm-hmm. um I doubt that they ever wanted or intended for it to need to be used by the consumer, you know. And again, this is entirely my hypothesis. Oh, I yeah, that could make some sense though. I see what yeah. you're getting at. Yeah, right. So yeah, I think when when, the, when this was brought to their attention, and they're like, oh fuck, <laughs> they're like, well, tell them that fucking thing with the, you know, <laughs> right. And like, who knows? Maybe if you fucking push A button seventy four times and then B button thirteen times. And then throw your controller out the window like AJ Kelm. <laughs> maybe that does something to the game. You know what I mean? Right. Like, but they figured they had to tell you because they're like, "Oh, this game's broken unless we do this." Right. Yep. And there's, uh, already, I see. there's already how many copies out in the universe? We need to. We need. To, we need to come up with something that does not involve a recall of fucking two million cartridges. Right. Because we're not doing that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. expensive. Uh, so let's just admit we're assholes and give them a shitty solution, and we can yeah, say does everyone that we here like your job. Okay, we'll <laughs> come up with a different solution. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Uh, so you know, I thought it appropriate. Uh, let's say it together on three. Okay. We were we were wrong about you being shittier than Nintendo in this respect, and we apologize. All right, I'm gonna do it. Ready? On three. So like three, and then go. Okay. <laughs> you you can count. Yeah, one, two. Three. We, we were, were wrong about you being about shitty. You being shitty. And Nintendo, shittier than Nintendo. Shittier than Nintendo, and you are the coolest. And we apologize. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, good for Nintendo. Uh, yeah. yeah. Because I, though, I never remember encountering that. Um, you no. Know, I mean, I could see how encountering I, I it as a child. I forgot that far. Too, dude. Mario Two is hard as fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Four, three, like no way, dude. I don't Master think I, I rarely got past Mauser in the fucking the end of the first level. I think. Why do I always feel like I got far in that game? I, I feel like I I could never get through those sand levels. Fucking the second stage is impossible. <laughs> I, I don't care that they just fucking skinned in Mario characters. It's a good game. I agree. I was actually talking. I think that was on that fucking um uh the 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 Zelda sub post that was killing it. I got into a conversation or a small exchange where I mentioned that 
you know, someone said something about how you know this game didn't get the you know people criticized da 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 da, and I was you know I I brought up the point that it, you know that's I've never I, I feel the same way about Mario too. I think it's a great game even though it broke from the format. Uh, like the criticisms about breaking from the format do not bother me at all that are in both Mario and Zelda in their second installments. And someone was like, I've never seen that. What, what do you mean? Like, where, where is that? Like, who's ever said that? I was like, uh, like, I mean, I like it's have... a very common thing. Exactly. I was like, I don't have a citation log, man. But I mean, I feel like that's a since I was like, as long as there <laughs> been video game retro video game critique narratives, I feel like that's been one of the narratives. <laughs> yeah, 100%. I, like, and I'm aware of it. And I don't even really like keep up on this shit very well. Right. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. It's yeah definitely interesting exchange I got into about, about that very idea. Uh, right. That uh, the second one, even though it has those deviations, is still awesome. Great game. Right. For sure. Doesn't bother me at all. And so we also get a Wizards and Warriors tip here. That is the one that we. Oh, that goddamn slant! Yeah, I know. I yeah, saw talk, this. Talked about already. Um. So. Fucking... I don't even remember how I got past that part. I think I did use the blue potion and like you, levitate you, just. You right. lucked into it. Yeah, I mean, I will. I think we both lucked into it. I know, I know you wrote a bubble up and were able to make it happen without this. You like. Yeah, I think I had not much trouble with it actually. Yeah, you glitched the matrix. Yeah, fuck well, I was stuck in this forever, and I just happened to luck into having the blue potion on me as I tried one time. And right. oh my god! <laughs> like otherwise, what the fuck would I have done? Right. Yeah. The second Simon's quip. Yeah. The second Simon's Quest tip really gives you the fucking runaround here. <laughs> so the question is, what do the white, blue, and red crystals do? And their answer to that is the vague location of hidden clue books that explain what the crystals are for. They're not even direct explanations of where the clue books are. So they tell you round about an area you need to search to find the clue books. And then the clue books give you a kind of... Uh, you know, semi-opaque explanation of what the things do, you know, uh, where you're supposed to use those crystals. So uh, it's just a brutal. <laughs> yeah, imagine writing in and, like, you're stuck, you know, like, and this is before the internet. Like, yeah. you, you, when you're stuck, you're just fucking stuck. And you write in and then you find, it's not like they, like, write you to notify, hey, your question's going to be featured in Nintendo Power. And like, no, it just... And, it, and, in, and in, your, in your example, Jab, I think it's important to say that uh, the father of this hypothetical child told him already he will beat the shit out of him if he calls the book, if he calls long distance to the counselors again. So this is his only way to get an answer. Right, this is his only way. And his father is also probably pissed that he had to buy him a stamp and an envelope for all this. So this is, this is a risky business. This is a risky endeavor that this child has partaken and then you get this shitty vague clue. Yep. Like, that doesn't help you advance in the game at all. Yeah. Like, yeah, that sucks, man. Uh, this kid yeah. probably got his ass beat over this. <laughs> yeah, pretty rough. Pretty rough. So there are zero mullets in the featured game counselors, which sucks. Just normal looking eighties dudes that I was would say, but there are mustaches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Normal looking eighties dudes that would likely have been working at gas stations if they didn't luck into this amazing fucking job. <laughs> also, are you not seeing that like when I make that joke, it's it's like it's a little tongue in cheek in a way. Maybe that's not the right way to put it, but like on page fifty one, are you seeing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dave Conley and Brian Tanny. Yeah, they're the same fucking dude. The same fucking dude. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I agree. They're like, the what the fuck, dude. man? Yeah, they are the exact same fucking dude. I think they're fucking with us. Um, or they got to be related or something. I mean, there's like they got to be related, dude. They have different hairlines, or, or you know what it is? It's all you know, fucking all white people are the same, man. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say is like. The thing is, like, people are always like, oh, my God, all Asians and all black people look alike. And you know what the truth of the matter is? They do. And guess what? <laughs> so do white people. 
like we all there's like 10 templates that each uh race i don't like to use that word but each race like kind of can look like and you get one of those 10 and that's it <laughs> yeah. they just all the all way people do look alike just like all asians and black people so yeah yeah uh jim mueller mueller in his fucking power necktie here uh ha- has investment analysis listed as a hobby which is an insane thing right. to okay so you're a psychopath right <laughs> investment analysis i fucking i lost i do i you know i'm reading these magazines like i chuckle sometimes uh i laughed the fuck out loud <laughs> you fucking what, what, asshole <laughs> what would be like our equivalent interests i don't think i have one i think all my interests are way cooler than that it's not even you know if you, I, I you know i i look at stocks i have investments that i fiddle with uh i give you know it's money i want money too and i have a finance battle like there's you know i have reasons that investment analysis are interesting to me too i would never in a million years list it as an as a fucking hobby and i would also never word it that way (laughs) right that's my point is like jesus dude when they're talking about hobbies we're like do you build models or something? Like, let's have some fun, dude. <laughs> Anything. Well, you know, but... It's not, it's not, you can have, like, if that's, you know, there are people that have, that enjoy it and, like, cool. Which, it, no, it doesn't go here. Don't say that. <laughs> you gotta pick something else, dude. Lie to me. Say any basketball. Basketball. Yeah, yeah, tell, me, tell me, other dude, fucking windsurfing, scuba diving, like, you know, <laughs> give me some right. exotic ass shit I also don't believe. But, <laughs> Yeah, Dave Conley's out here living life, man. He's just water and snow skiing, windsurfing, scuba diving. Like, he's out there rolling, man. Yeah. You're fucking investing in your power tie investment analysis. Yeah, you're fucking rocking spreadsheets in 1988, dude. Come on. Oh, man. Yeah, I laughed so hard. So the two two of them do mention Metal Gear in their profiles, though, so these dudes are all right by me. Sure. <laughs> uh, I think it's, what is it? Is it Jim Mueller. It's, it's, it's actually Jim, yeah, Jim, and then uh, who was the other one? Uh, also, Brian, one, one of the two fucking uh, iterations of Dave slash Brian. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah, beat Metal Gear in one day. Uh, yeah. Brian Tanny. Yeah. Looks just like Dave Conley. Just like. Just like Jeff Burns looks just like Josh Fullen. <laughs> yeah. uh, classified information follows, and as always, actually, and it is hitting on Double Dragon, Mega Man, Life Force, Gauntlet, Blaster Master, Bionic Commando, and Track and Field fucking 2. Double Dragon is an entire page of game glitches and workarounds, <laughs> which I guess is within the wheelhouse of what classified information is supposed to be about. Sure. But, like, I don't know. I'm just. Uh, like it's that fucking thing, the one where you ride up those fucking at the end of level one after you deal with the whip uh, girls, you can like the whip girls. That sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, you can glitch, you can glitch <laughs> your way up. This like there's like a track of some kind on the right wall. You can like glitch your way up that, and like it has like it even tells you like there's no benefit to doing it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. I forgot that was a thing. I, I just yeah. saw the uh, the picture of it. I forgot about that. Meh. Whatever. Uh, the Mega Man has the flowchart for the boss uh, stage order, which is like Nintendo scripture, and so that's cool. And it also breaks the way to scam through one of the really tough Wily stage hurdles, Monsteropolis, that big yellow thing with the fucking eye. Uh, and you do that by pausing repeatedly while the Electric Man beam passes through him, and each time you unpause it, it does the damage again whereas normally if you shoot it it would only hit him once uh-huh. yeah, it's, 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 
really because that dude is hard as shit. Because he basically the way that guy functions, he, uh, he I think shoot he materializes, shoots you, and then he like he breaks up into these little blocks that one by one fly over to the other side of the screen, and you got to like the fast as shit. It's hard to see it coming. It is you got basically have to memorize the pattern. It's in the exact same pattern each time, but it's like it's not in any logical pattern. It's just like the first time, first few times, or first many times you see it, you're like, fuck! <laughs> yeah, and you're, you're like, you're gonna take some damage doing yeah, this, no matter how good that. you are. But yeah, to, to beat it, you literally have to just memorize the ultra-random order that it goes in, you know? Right. See, I don't remember this boss, actually. I don't... Very, Mega Man 1, dude. It's, this, I mean, I, I have fired... I recently Mega I Man 1 is merciless, man. Oh, my God. It is, for sure. The... Uh, um, uh, we talked about it. like when we first saw it. I, I played it. I got into it, and I was playing all the way through it. And I got to the Wily stage, and uh, the Wily stage is super mm. hard. <laughs> to get yeah, I don't think I quite got that far. Maybe in that game, I, I played it recently. Even I feel like I fired it up just to play Mega Man, and I think I played like Ice Stage or something. And was like, holy shit, dude, this is not a joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The you know what I actually thought of. Remember how we, we we had that conversation about Mega Man, and we talked about playing Mega Man at your mom's trailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it occurred to me when I saw the password screen for two that we actually were playing Mega Man two and yeah. not Mega Man one because the Mega Man two password screen is like this matrix with uh, a red dot and that's how you fucking record your um your your, your password. But the more important part about that when I was thinking about that and having that recollection and correction in my mind it reminded me of something about your mom's trailer again that is fucking incredible do i can't remember, wait to hear do you remember ricky dicky oh yeah oh yeah ricky dicky so he's one of mad mike's friends and do you remember the toilet limericks he would write on your mom's shopping list pad and hang them on because the, the washer and dryer were in the bathroom right yes yes he would they're back by their my by my mom's room right uh okay. yes yes between your bedroom and your mom's room yeah the left and, side that's what I was saying right yeah and he would fucking he would write he would do this all he did this for years he had like they were like long I don't know where the fuck he got them from like long limericks that were like dirty limericks that he would write on the shopping pad while taking shits <laughs> at their house like I think he, you know, would he fucking they would get all trash and he would sleep over or whatever right. uh that also happened at that fucking trailer too at some point and he. I remember fucking. I, we I still probably. I think I might have them somewhere, dude. Some of really? them on that shopping list paper, uh, wow. which would be incredible things to dig out. But I do remember this behavior, but I don't yeah. remember uh, anything specifically. Uh, you, yeah, I don't. I can't like cite the one of the limericks specifically, but <clears throat> as far as subject matter goes, but I remember they were like they were like rhyming long form limericks, story like dirty stories that he would fucking. And maybe write. not even that bad. They were. I, we definitely thought they were funny when we were kids. I, mean, I say. <laughs> I saved, I had it for, if I don't have any more, I had it for a long fucking time. Right. Uh, I'm pretty sure I do, dude. I think I have I was going to say, it's a piece of paper. How much space does it take up? I think I have a binder full. They had, it's like, it was like, you know, pre-internet, dude. They, they, were, they, were, like the, they were like hand, they were like on photocopy paper, like little cartoons and shit that mm-hmm. they had gotten from somewhere that were funny. And I have like a whole stack of those that are like dumb, dirty biker jokes and shit right. uh, that for some reason I thought were funny enough to save. And I think I have some of them in a folder somewhere of, you know, together with those. 
So I asked. Yeah, find those, do that. Yeah, I remember he wrote sure. one out of with your mom's lipstick one time, and she got pissed off at him. She was fucking irate at him, man. It was. I remember fucking. That was probably the funniest instance of this. But I don't know. I just thought of that when I was fucking. Uh, I thought of that a while ago. I thought of right after we had that discussion, and it's been sitting in my inbox, and I couldn't wait to get to Mega Man again to bring it back out. <laughs> right. Got to drop it somewhere, right? right. Yeah. So that was a fun Mad Mike story, uh, or Mad Mike and Deb story. And the they also have uh, Life Force. With, they give you the Contra code here, and they explain it like a very sociopathic form. They explain it with no mention of the fact it was the, uh, the exact same code as Contra that they gave us three issues back, right. <laughs> like which I thought was very, you know, I don't know. How could you not say, like, remember the Contra code we gave you? It's the same code. I was going to say, like, to, to throw that in this part, and I can see where they have extra space for more writing, it would take, like, <laughs> half a sentence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I thought that was funny. And then the <clears throat> the the first Bionic Commando tip, uh, holy shit, I can't, I, this is another instance of, like, motherfuck, how did we not see this before we played the game? You can use the Bionic arm as a weapon. So, and Didn't most important... Most importantly, you can use the bionic arm as a weapon and shoot up because your gun can't do that. So all those flying fucks that were so difficult. Why didn't you... I try that? Exactly. And oh, that's you... fucking insane. Yeah, because I mean, I probably assume that it would, you know, I don't know. I just assumed that that wouldn't do damage. It wouldn't work, right, yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah. my God, that would be so practical. Yeah, so helpful, man. Um, yeah, that was, it crushed my soul. <laughs> yeah, well, it turns out we're idiots. Go figure. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you know. Um, we're ahead of the curve, Jim. We're just too cutting edge, right? Here. Yeah, I, I would never scoff. I would scoff at that notion. I, I'm there's no way. Right? Well, not even that. I'm just saying this. Like we we are beating these games the here on the ISOH pod. Oh, even without the yeah, without this information, and so far ahead of it being disseminated in our in our in our uh, historical timeline uh, that we're experiencing here. That you know we're we're just too far ahead. Yeah, we're fucking awesome, man. <laughs> we are fucking we're like awesome. the coolest people out there. <laughs> yeah. Next up, they drop a four-page ditty on Marble Madness next, uh, which we already talked about the music because it brought us into this section. <laughs> and we also already mentioned the table of contents of this fucking game is great. Uh, and you wouldn't think that it would be good. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, like Marble. If you, you know, you told me, like, do you remember the game Marble Madness? I'd probably be like, yeah, I remember. And like, what'd you think of it? And I'm sure it sucked because it's marbles. But once I saw that in the fucking... Uh, Right when I saw it in the uh, table of contents, and then later when I actually read about the shit, I was like, oh, the game's good. Yeah. Really good, in fact. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, as, far the, as far as the, the piece uh, is not as good as the game here in the magazine, <laughs> it's basically a four-page repetitive mantra of, you just got to be good. <laughs> right. yeah, yeah, like every, Which is every, true. Yeah, it's very true. Uh, but, you know, I don't need, it's, uh, you can't, I don't know, yeah, they got to write something. It's, it's an advertisement, basically, so they're just trying to write something, but. Um, yeah, true fact. Well done, copywriters. You do got to be good. This is an incredible game, though, and and both it's it's both in fun factor and like an appropriately balanced difficulty. Like it is the perfect amount of difficult that doesn't make you want to jump off a roof, but you will fail at repeatedly and still want to try again. You know what right. I mean? Uh, and that's that's a very delicate balance that so few games, particularly of this type, that are just kind of uh, a very simple idea. Um, you know, it's almost like a, a Tetris uh, level accomplishment of like that balance of like simplicity, but difficult, you know? Right. And this is the kind of game that would very easily go off the rails quickly if they didn't do it well. For sure. Like this game would be insufferable if they didn't actually 
Nailed put it. some effort into it. Right. Yep. And you know who handled this port, Jim? Um, I don't on know. The, on the development side? Oh. Rare. Your boys with the douchebag oh. brothers at Rare. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're, well, hey. They're cocksuckers, but they're so good. <laughs> okay, they do good work, man. Like, yeah, yeah. They do good work. Fucking dildos, but they do great work. Well, they were, were they in the last issue, was it? Uh, I, I think that was, no, that was one of the Nintendo Fun Club news. It was a while ago that we it? saw that piece on them, yeah. Camera boy, why did I have such a problem with them? I guess it doesn't matter, but they were like yeah. they had like they had horses, and they remember they had the fucking the one guy was like basically the best part about being rich is having someone else take care of the horses, <laughs> like, right? You know, oh yeah, like horse, and they just yeah they were just like the big you know, and and I fucking hate rich people, so like, <laughs> I, I don't even like you in the first place, and then you start talking like that, I'm like now I kind of want to fucking hurt you. <laughs> uh, but they are very good at their job. But having said that, they do a good job, yeah. So yep. So I beat this for the first time in 2008, and I know that so specifically because I was living in, the, in an apartment that I was in for less than a year at the time in New York, and I have the picture to prove it. Uh, that, yeah, that picture will be in the show notes. I posted that on the sub, too. Uh, so I will, that will be in the show notes, too. You check it out. Uh, the, it's like on a, it's amazing. It's, it's such a dated picture. It's on a tube television, first of all, which is like a little bit further in the history of the human race. Uh, than it should be to be on a tube television. <laughs> right. You know, like it was fucking, it should be on a flat screen by 2008, but it's I was going to say, by 2008, like that might be one of the last known pictures of a tube TV. <laughs> yeah, that's not in a trash pile at a curb, yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I recall it so vividly. I was, I was, it's, cause, dude, look, it's hard. This is a hard game. Uh, the fourth level, or the last level is a real biatch. And I was, when I beat it, I was so happy and so proud of myself. <laughs> uh, we were playing, it was on a real, real hardware too. That was not emulation. I was playing on real hardware and, and fucking, it was very satisfying feeling. So I took a picture. And uh, I remember the arcade version of this having a trackball and I absolutely loathe trackballs. So the arcade version was much less appealing to me than, than this NES iteration. Mm-hmm. Um, I fired it up briefly just because fuck, why not? It's such a great game. And I had a blast, of course. And I couldn't believe it wasn't already, but it's now on my shit worth playing list, uh, which is as always in the show notes. Um, yeah. Well, and it's, fuck, it's on my three, my list of three. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh yeah, I think it is on mine too. So we'll get there. The we get four pages of Taito's Operation Wolf up next. And the table setting blurb of this at the top is written like a Washington Post op ed piece, dude. The word the, the word clandestine is used. Right. <laughs> like there are no kid, kid gloves on for the for the copy in this in this article. There, uh, I mean this whole this whole issue they're getting into character to do these. Yeah, which is cool. Yeah, be, cool. like I think they're like we talked about it, but like you know the very first issues of Nintendo Fun Club, like they're they they were missing a certain tone, and like I think they just really didn't know how to do this shit yet. And like when you're starting off a like an endeavor, like you know making up video game magazines and shit, like you pick up quickly on what you need to do to make it better, and those a little tiny adjustments that early in it make a huge difference in the quality. Absolutely, like it's easy to get a big return on changes that early on because you know, you're, you're figuring it out. Whereas later in, you'll be refining and fine tuning this shit. But these are like, you know, actually taking time to be in character, right? Epic differences. Yeah. Yeah. The artwork is cool as shit here. You get a full pager to start this thing. That's like some really nice, cool, uh, military based art or military focused art, a bunch of helicopters and shit, which are a big part of this game and a nice tank. Everything you need to kill another human being. Yeah, everything you need to kill lots of human beings at once. Yeah, most efficiently. Yeah. 
Yeah, most efficiently. They briefly cover what I believe is all six of the levels in the game on the latter two pages. And it's very cool that in the middle two stages, which are the village and the ammunition dump, they offer a heightened narrative, narrative significance in the mission itself. So like when you complete, when you beat the village stage, uh, freeing it, you are able to rest and replenish life there before moving on to stage four. You know what I mean? And that's, it like makes sense. You know, you can't do that. You don't, you don't replenish life between every stage. I don't believe. So it's yeah, cool. like you and, wouldn't do it after the political prisoner camp. Right. You're not kicking it there. Right. And so, and then after the ammunition dump, you and your resource management is a huge part of this game. Run out of bullets in the first half is a big part of the difficulty. If you're just, you can't just fucking dump on everything. You have to tactfully, uh, or tactically rather, target Manage your shit. And, 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 and fire short bursts of, of ammunition. You cannot just lay down fire everywhere at all times. And so, yeah, so after you beat the ammunition dump, the fourth level, you restock your ammunition, and, and ammunition becomes much less of a problem for the latter part of the game, which thankfully is the case because at the end of the, this is a tough game. And do you remember the arcade cabinet for this? I do remember. I, in fact, I would say I probably remember the arcade version of this more than the council version. Yeah, the arcade was fucking awesome, dude. It had one of those... It's like one of those really compact... I feel like they were only around in the 80s. Those, well, I mean, all guns are uh, from our period-based things that don't last forever. But uh, it was like a very popular, I guess, 80s gun that was... Like all the guns in Beverly Hills Cop <laughs> were these. They were like that. those really compact Uzi machine guns, you know? Yeah. It was one of those, and then it had a little red button on the side that you could fire, that you could launch grenades with. Um, oh, that sounds familiar now. Yeah, and that was that was your controller for the arcade thing, and it was like a sturdy metal thing. It was like it was very cool and and, and well done. It was not. Yeah, I vaguely remember this. Shitty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you know you lose a little bit of that action, of course, moving to the port, but but um, the port itself not awful at all. You can with with the port on the NES here, you can play either with your controller or the zapper, and there aren't many games that have that duality. I, th- I thought that was very cool and awesome. Uh, I'm sure the zapper is good. I couldn't try it, of course, but the controller is not bad. Um, it would be a, you know, I got through the first stage, I think, just just in a fuck around. But I think it would be a real bitch <laughs> to go all the way through without the zapper. Uh, it was not, you know, not impossible, and I wouldn't say the tracking of the crosshairs was bad, but it was a little off and hectic, and just like the tiring factor of the way that you know doing that, as opposed to just moving a gun around uh, to a constant barrage of shit all over the screen, right. would be a lot to deal with for all six stages, I think. Uh, but not a bad game by any length. That's uh, I always thought that this game like got bad reviews. I like when I saw that I was like, uh, when I saw Operation Wolf, I was like, I remember this game. It sucks. But I, I guess I don't know much about it honestly. So obviously I was wrong. I remember playing like, someone. It was I remember a few times bumping into it as a kid and like being interested enough to want to play it. I may even rent it once. Um, it was not. It's not bad at all. But it would be nice to have the zapper without a, without question. Right. After that, we get a ten-page Powerball spectacular, and this covers basically a football piece, and it covers Tecmo Trade West, Trouble Tecmo Bowl, Trade West, John Elway quarterback, and LJN's NFL football. And the first thing I clocked is an editor's note at the bottom here. SNK has indefinitely delayed the release of Touchdown Fever, which was previously announced. So, yeah, that explains why when we saw that in the last issue, 
we were like, we've never fucking heard of that game. That's because it never came out. (laughs) You are never going to hear of that game. Right. Yeah, yeah. I thought the Raiders-Eagles game they chose to depict in the artwork here is a somewhat obtuse matchup choice, you know? I mean, it was a Super Bowl... I want to say like Super Bowl fucking 19 or something. So a few years ago, like I can see early, maybe really early on in the development process, that being a game that would be worth being key art. But other than that, like the Raiders and Eagles playing each other, like, nah. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? I would like, let's put it this way. When they did this representation of them playing each other, that was probably the last time that was a relevant matchup. <laughs> probably ever yeah. since then like if the both Raiders playing the Eagles have, I do not care yeah both yeah it has been I don't know if both those teams have been good since then for sure certainly not simultaneously right yeah that's what I mean yes of course they have been good both have won Super Bowls, Super Bowls at times since then but not we can't same. fucking pull off so right so right and they got uh, the LA and rather and LA Rams Defensive end I've never heard of in my life, Doug Reed, to be their football expert assessing the quality of these games, which is a cool idea that they added that because the baseball piece um, last issue or two, however, whenever that was, did not have a baseball player. Uh, So that's cool. They made the effort to do that, but I feel like they probably could have got someone I'd heard of at least. It doesn't have to be a superstar. But yeah, I wonder how they landed on this guy. Like, yeah, I mean, it's it's L.A. too. It's not like, you know, if they were just going to pick someone local, like, why didn't they pick someone in Seattle, you know, right. <laughs> where this was being done? But uh, who was just like, you know, whatever, just a player that was in a game. It was like, okay, sure, but like going down to L.A. for it seems crazy to me. The and like maybe, maybe he was fine. I don't know. Maybe he's a huge gamer and he was playing Seattle. Who knows? But that was my thing is like they probably were just like, we need a video game nerd. And they're like, oh, yeah, fucking Doug Reed. He's a complete nerd. Yeah, he's into it. So, yeah, I mean, I actually looked him up. He's He had 22 and a half sacks in 96 games over a seven-year career that spanned from 84 to 1990. And that's not completely meaningless. It's not like he no. was like three years and out and never got any tick kind of guy. But I mean, if you play for seven years, you had value for seven years. So, sure. Yeah. And Doug's thoughts are expressed on the first page. Uh and I love this. First off, he thinks Tech Mobile is the best. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> well, it... not duh. At least he got it right, you know? Like, yeah. this is being written down for posterity forever, and, like, he got it right. So, way yep. to go, Doug. Yeah. It, he, he One thing about that uh, proclamation, though, he calls it very true to life, which may be comparatively true with these other two games, I guess, uh, but with 20, 20 hindsight, like, whoa. <laughs> There's there's nothing true to life about the arcade nature of Tech Mobile, you know. Yeah, I'm surprised you made it seven years in the NFL if you think that's true to life. Because... <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny you say that. I, like, he 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 has a few things here that like like made me like pointed out the fact that it was an NFL a professional football player playing football games. Like, I thought of that while reading a lot of this stuff because uh, I could see that experience going into these opinions uh, in many cases. Uh, but he. Tactfully calls NFL football a total piece of shit. Like, <laughs> basically, he's yeah, like, not good. And then Nintendo tries to swoop in with an editor's note to soften that critical blow, stating Doug's right, but those look, but those looking for Super Football strategy, check this one out. Right. And that's significant because it is such a rarity to see actual criticism of these games in this magazine. Yep. It's uh, to say the least, a breath of fresh air. <laughs> in you fact, know, I, I don't know that. I've seen it before until this. Like, not right. actual criticism where he's like, yeah, I'm not really into this. Right, yeah, no, you never do, and that's because they don't ever have an ed- editorial approach to any of them. And, and that's just... also not exactly the point of those magazines. No, 
No, they're not. They're like we've already said a million times. They're advertisements, but it's it's so nice to see that because right. it's honest and that's cool. Because NFL football is a piece of shit. <laughs> I was gonna say he does let him down easy because he says it's more com- the this game is much more complicated and hard to understand right away. And the truth of the matter is, it's just not designed properly, so it's not fun. Yeah, it's not that it's more complicated. It's just that it's not as good as Tecmo. Yeah. He he mentions he likes that John Elway, and this is an example of what I was just saying before that point. He he mentioned that he likes John Elway because it imposes a time limit on your play calling, which is just such something that an NFL player would think about. Yeah, that's true. When having this game experience, because yeah, you have a constrained period of time to figure out what the fuck you're gonna do Start before the next right play. now. <laughs> go go go! And like that's right, why it's, it's not easy as fuck to play football. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like yeah, if everybody had an hour to think about what they wanted to do next, everyone would be a great. Yeah, football if you could get player. up and go take a piss. And think about your next play uh, before right. you ran it. Uh, football would be a lot easier. Yeah, like this fucking upcoming screen pass is really important. I'm going to go rub one out first. Like, <laughs> relax a little bit. Like, no, dude, you have 40 seconds now. Let's move, motherfucker. Line them up. Let's go. Uh, they approach this the same way they did the baseball piece, where they choose a universal aspect of gameplay, like compartmentalize that, and then compare the three titles within that context. So we have team select, play calling, halftime, touchdowns, and end of game. And Tecmo gets the most love throughout for the most part, which uh, also makes me happy. Um, and there's not really a, a ton to say about the, 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 those. Like I said, it's, it's for the, even those categories I explained are, are rather cursory, I think. Um, you know, but uh, I fired them up or fired. I didn't need to fire Tecmo up because I fucking played that a million times. Yeah. But I, I wanted to fire the other two up because I, uh, if I've played them at all, it was very little. And, um, I would say both were literally unplayable. <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, and a lot of that is because I'm sure you need, you know, you need for this kind of game, you need to read the instruction booklet, and I didn't do that. So that stated, uh, I still, you know, like Tecmo Bowl, though, that's the thing about that's why Tecmo Bowl is, is magical because you can pick it up and go. Uh, right. You might spend a few seconds. Like I played Ted in a game of Tecmo uh, while he was here, and like, you know, the first couple plays, he's like passing, like, God damn it, moving the control. Like, you know, it took him a minute to figure it out. It's not like he instantly picked it up and could do it again because he hadn't right. played in 30 years or something, but fucking. Uh, 20 years probably, and but within the end of the first drive, he had it. You know what I mean? And, he knew and, how to call plays. He knew how to switch receivers, throw the ball. He knew. He remembered the routes that worked and the ones that didn't. Yeah, it comes back to you. NFL football was really weird, man. It had, it has like, if you remember at the NFL play action football, which I think I love that game for its simulation. Uh, efforts. Uh, it's about as good as you're going to get for that on the NES, I think, and there are many parts of it that I, I like a great deal, even though it's not quite as good as Tecmo Bowl, sure, but uh, yeah, it, it has a mechanic that's in that, in that you you would, with the play would, you know, you start the play and you're like pulled out a ways for pass plays and then you know, you make, I wasn't even exactly sure how I was throwing the ball, but once I would throw the ball, the ball, you know, it would fly through the air a great deal of the way in that pulled out view, and then when it got close to the receiver, it would cut to a more close-up look at the receiver and the surrounding defenders, and you would have to take control of the guy and get to where the ball's going. Hmm. And uh, that is kind of cool. Uh, it's a much shittier implementation of it in case in the case of NFL football. Uh, but I did think that was interesting. And because, um, you know, NFL uh, play action took a while. It doesn't come out for a few years. So early on, that level of complexity was an interesting effort by uh, the often maligned LJN development fucking 
houses, you know? Yeah, that's a, that's a good attempt. Uh, yep. That's something unique. Right, so... <clears throat> anyhow, Tecmo Bowl's out now. That's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, Tecmo is fucking better. That's yeah. the end of the story there. Uh, but the fact that it's out, and that's significant for us. I think. Oh, right, right, yeah, as far as the, uh, yep. the list goes, right, right. Right, and the last thing we get in this section is a Metal Gear feature. Finally, fucking, it's been fucking an incredible game out for like a year now. They're like, oh, you know what? It keeps showing up in our fucking players' poll. Maybe we need to do a thing on this. Uh, yeah, universally accepted as everyone's favorite game. Let's do a feature. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they explain the mazes. I mean, you know, a lot of this is whatever. We already played the game, so you don't fucking dig around too much. But they explain the mazes in the truck transpo system as well as some of the boss battles in here in the piece. And that's a nice thing that, you know, maybe isn't uh, obvious if you're picking up the game and playing it with just the shit that comes with it, the manual and the map. The most interesting to me in this, thinking you know, I do know everything about this game already, is the supercomputer section on the last page where it's going through the bosses. It explains that the supercomputer is what controls the Metal Gear, which I had not ever thought of as a narrative justification for that being... You know, It's still obvious or my expect or assumption that the reason the Metal Gear isn't there is some sort of technical bullshit, but... Like when they were deciding a solution for that technical shortcoming that they knew this version would have, it never occurred to me that the supercomputer is what controls the Metal Gear, and that having to blow that up, so then then in turn the Metal Gear is is relegated inoperable. Uh, never occurred to me is what I was doing there, you know. Right. I, I guess I, I never thought again. I didn't play the game like you, um, but yeah, I mean that makes some sense. Uh, it, it's weird, certainly. Like like we talked about that it wasn't Metal Gear that you fought, but. Um, yeah, that does actually kind of make it make some narrative sense, yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know, I can probably die at peace with the world now, I think, knowing that. Yeah, I'm glad for you. Uh, you can just turn fucking, yeah, the objective of the game is to turn Metal Gear into a paperweight. <laughs> and, like, blowing up its its control system or control thing would, would do that for sure. Exactly. Whoops. Right, that was Bump and Jump, uh, stage four theme, uh, getting us started with uh, the final section, or one of the final sections? Yeah, final act for sure. Yeah, we're there. We're at Video Shorts now. Um, Get started with Friday the 13th. I got a little bit to say about this game, as I figured you might too. Yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, you you, you had it. Uh, I I guess... I might still own the original copy also, much like uh, Legend of Zelda 2. That's so fantastic. I'm I'm so envious that you have... Your games, I have none of mine. I'll send I you a think. picture. I don't know why I haven't sent a picture of my yeah. collection yet. Yes, please do that, actually. And I uh, I like their little joke here. These video short sections, are like, they were, remember the Paperboy one we liked they're a lot? They're sassy, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. They're, yeah they, they're finding their fucking way. They're finding their voice. Yeah, I like their little joke here about the nuisances of a teenage teenager's summer job as a camp counselor. They like have a little list. It's like, you know, all the things that would piss you off. It's having having a, a camp counselor job at, at, at Camp Crystal Lake. Mosquitoes, poison ivy, whiny kids, Jason. Everyday challenges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you had it. Like you said, tell us about it. What is this game? Um, so this game's like a side-scrolling action fucking thing. Uh, it takes place at, uh, you know, Camp Crystal, is it? Was that what it's called? 
Camp, yeah, Camp Crystal Lake. Camp Crystal Lake, that's the one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you just fucking go through battling Jason's minions, and then also Jason, you get to explore cabins and shit. Uh, you got all of your crew with you, different weapons and health potions and shit you got to accomplish. And uh, what all of that does not uh, belie is that this game's hard as fuck, and it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> it is very hard, and there are some things that are a little opaque slash obtuse about it. Uh, and the music's not good. I, I went back through the music, and I was hoping to like get some like nostalgia juices flowing. Ah, uh, do you don't like the fucking the cabin? I think the cabin theme is awesome, dude. The, the, that, I mean, but like, eh. it's not. It's simple, but I I don't mind that song or that that tune at all. I can't. And actually, you know what? I kind of like the when you encounter Jason out on the on the paths too. I like that. Then then like that little fast paced tune they give you. I like that too, dude. I, I, don't, I don't think we agree on this. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, they, they, these are good ideas for songs, but they were not put into entire pieces, and I didn't care for it. Okay. Uh, well, we can all be cunts about our own things. <laughs> I will, I'll choose that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, this it, it, this game's got a little bit of an angry video game nerd vitriol narrative surrounding it, but I've I've always liked it. I think I, I always think that's always thought that was wrong. I think it's a, a pretty damn good game. And there's, uh, uh, it is like I said, there are things that are rather like a little, you need to like you're not gonna figure out at first. I've read a ton of things. I was like, holy shit, if I'd have known that, this game would be so much better. Like switching right. between the the fucking counselors by going to the cabins and like you could then you know. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of little things about the gameplay that uh, are not obvious at first, but make getting through it much easier because it is a hard game. Yeah. And is this one of those games that, um, and, and maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm misremembering this, but is this one of those games that is actually impossible to beat, like Turtles on Game Boy? No, no, it is not impossible to beat. Okay. Not not to my yeah not not I'm pretty sure I have never beat it. But I don't know. How could of, you? I don't know where to start. <laughs> like, seriously, I don't know how to fucking play I know, this game. <laughs> I know. I mean, you got to get the lighter and light the fireplaces. <laughs> and then you got to work your way up to the right uh, weapon to actually do damage to Jason. You don't even have to go kill his mom and the cabin with her head, but it does get you the sweater, which is slightly easier. And then you got to get us in the cabins. And the, you got to control in the cabins and save the kids and shit. It's fucking. I remember, I know the flowchart. From and those that's not like reading about it. I remember that flowchart and understood it playing the game. Uh, but there are things that make it more possible that I did not know, um, that I have never done. But I would like the to. Game was actually fun. when you said all that shit. I was like, oh, I remember trying to get the sweater and like how that makes you it's for, like impervious to something. Well, it makes you it makes you take much less damage from Jason. It's like a, you know, a fucking. Oh, from Jason specifically, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, this game's actually kind of cool. They did it. Okay. Yeah, I've never beat it. Yeah, dude, I mean, we like to give them shit, but they, there's actually. Right, but they got this kind of right in a way. It's way better than people talk about it as. Or some people talk about it as. Uh, see, I would like to beat that someday, actually. But the. It's not the next thing. It's, it's not until March, but Milton Bradley has a game here called World Games that I've never heard of, but I am quite intrigued by the concept of. It's not out yet, so, you know, I don't spend too much time, but it's it's a collection of sports, though I would term most of them just activities, but it's a collection of sports from around <laughs> the world that are very nation-centric and have yet to pick up significant steam in other parts of the world. So things like sumo wrestling from Japan, caber tossing in Scotland, bull riding in the U.S., these like very colloquial <laughs> uh, activities that, that, that are all around the world, and it jams them into a bunch of mini-games in, in a cart, you know. Um, and I, don't, I have you know very little faith that the events are actually fun for that exact reason. Whenever you see that sort of diversification in a cart, it's rarely good and practice and, and practice but 
the idea of all these i've never seen this otherwise this idea of all these kind of obscure uh events you know it's almost like and then this that game actually was cool like caveman games or cave i think it's called caveman games where you had a bunch of just weird kind of olympic e caveman themed game mini games that you could play uh and and uh that was actually a pretty fun game so that's kind of what i think of when i see this and it, it makes me at least curious to play i have little faith that it's actually good yeah it reminds me of those uh like olympic games that come out every few years when the olympics are hot and yep. yeah yeah like you said it's just there's no way that the the five and one hey corbin no well, that's not what we do um yeah it, it'd be like the fucking five and one printer toaster <laughs> uh scanner faxer and it doesn't do any of those things correctly no bud come on you're better than that Here. yep Sorry, i agree bud. Now, and the after that we get Star Soldier, which is an arcade port from Hudson Soft. It is a vertical area, uh, vertical aerial space shmup, and it is Suck City. After that is Bandai's <laughs> Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. You really nailed it with those uh, space shooter games. Like they're just not good usually. <laughs> they're, they're just fucking not, man. They're so, like tipi- You shouldn't just like skip uh, life experiences <laughs> because of the cover, so to say. But like you're mostly safe doing it here. Yep. Well, I actually tried it. It's fucking. It's. It, I, I need to just look That's at. That's what it I mean. And you're, and you're putting the effort of trying it too. Like it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it just turns stuff. out they suck every time. Yeah, but it's funny. We'll we'll get to it. But there is. It's funny. It's not. Sometimes you find a even a blind squirrel finds a nut. The but we're not there yet. The first we have Doctor Jekyll, Mister High, which is still not out till April. Uh, as I maniacally rock back and forth with anticipation for it to be out because I can't wait to expose uh, us to this game. But oh, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, after that, we get Vic Tokai's Bump and Jump, and it's a racing arcade port I'd never heard of. Uh, it did come out in December, though, so it's out. And it's kind of fucking... I fired it up, man. It's kind of fucking interesting. It's a very different game. It is a vertical, a little a la Spy Hunter uh, kind of racing game where you're, you're you know, going from the bottom of the screen to the top. And uh, as the name insinuates, <laughs> it focuses heavily on bumping other cars off the road and then, of course, defending other cars trying to do that to you and then jumping over gaps in the road. So it almost has it has a little bit of an early road rash feel to it, uh, I was thinking, and kind of like this battle racing um, theme mechanic, what have you. You know, uh, and yeah, it was interesting. Like I you know, didn't get anywhere in it. It was kind of difficult. I couldn't really, I didn't really understand the jumping too well, but I'm sure that could be sorted out. But the the, the bumping and the racing part of it was interesting and, and seemingly kind of well done. So that was that was kind of uh, surprising because I never even like I said, I never even heard of this fucking thing. Right. I never heard of it either. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not surprised that bumping and jumping are part of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not a bad title choice. It would be interesting if it was not a focus. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, next we get Data East Port of Rampage, which did hit back in December. So uh, it actually came out before we had the kind of discussion about the when the this, this the Nintendo version came out relative to the Sega version when we were playing the Sega version, and uh, it did come out before the the Master System port actually. So, oh, okay. uh, completely different developers doing the porting probably had a lot to do with those massive format differences we discussed in the game app. You know, the the different 128 cities versus or 128 stages versus like all those things that were completely different. They were like, it's weird that that's so far apart but you have two completely different companies that acquire the rights and they're in their own little fucking worlds doing their own development of it like there's just no there's not gonna be any communication about i was gonna say it's not like they're talking about it. like what are you guys up to yeah for sure so that explains that and i mean we've <clears throat> 
talked about this game extensively already, and I don't think we ever... We certainly aren't going to end up doing a game episode on this, considering we did it on the fucking any, the Sega Master System version. Right. But it is out now, and it, you know, it goes on my list. Although, not... I shouldn't say that. It actually doesn't go on my list, because the SMS version is, without a doubt, better, and that's on my list. Right, I was going to say, like, I thought you liked the other one better, so... And What's the point? For the purpose of just fucking around. I mean, if you're, you know, like we right. said, with the... close your eyes, point at the piece of paper, and fucking land on Rampage for Nintendo. Yeah, sure, I can play that. Yep. A claims rendition of the board game Othello is also a December release. And I bet all these December releases sales reps were ultra pissed they couldn't get into the last issue <laughs> for, mm. for, for, for Christmas, you know, the November, December issue from 98. Right. Uh, I bet these are all like, uh, uh, what do you call that? Um, consolation appearances, you know? Like, Nintendo right. was like, listen, man, like, there's no more room. I was like, we can get you in next month. And they're like, ah, oh, fuck, fine. Fuck, <laughs> and you know what? A, a fellow would have sold fine if you just let me get in the fucking December issue, but you didn't, and now it's fucked up. Yeah, now it's fucked Yeah, fine, put me in January, dick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, what is there to say about these classic board game digitizings? I've never been engaged, you know? By Othello as a board game, even playing on the NES is even less appealing. So whatever. Uh, have you ever played fucking Othello? Do you like Othello? I hear the story is very good. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, this is yeah. this is a game that was always in classrooms, and even with that easy access, I was still like, nope, nah, no, nah, not doing that, man. Dude, I have not ever touched. I have not played Othello the game, board or otherwise, for even one nanosecond. I don't know anything about it. I think. I think I had a Windows, like, in all those, like, Windows 3.1 bullshit game collections and stuff, I think I had an Othello that I would play every now and again just because your options were limited at that stage, but uh, on the PC front, anyhow. So I, I think I've played it a few that. times, but, uh, yeah, not a fucking fan of it. The next thing is Jalico's Robo Warrior, and December is when it came out, and Game FAQs calls it an action puzzler, which are words... I like to see together, <laughs> sure. uh, but the ROM, at least I couldn't find it. The ROM was not in our collection, so I was not inspired enough to, by the way, I sent you that asshole download it before it fucking goes away. So you have it. Fuck face. Oh, the new ROMs. Uh, I sent you all the, I think the first, like after the outline. Oh, okay. anyhow, they're in your memory now. Yeah, there. So I didn't have the ROM, but uh, and I was not inspired enough to fire up the burner laptop to hunt it down. So uh, did not get into this, but could be interesting, and, and it could be an action puzzler. The Kimco's Spy vs Spy hit way back in October, so I got into that and started fucking looking at, at uh, thinking about that game because uh, I we've talked about it already, but like I do. You know, have we played this or rented it or something? I think and, and and have played it. So I have like this weird fond memory about it. Uh, when I fired it up, I was you know at least one player version. But it's probably absolutely a two player required to have fun thing. But right. it did send me down a Mad Magazine tangent. That and that's where this comes from. Of course, it's a, it was a comic strip in Mad Magazine, yeah. and I decided to try to look up the full issue because it's such a you know it's a it's a topical magazine. So I wanted to get what is Mad Magazine featuring at the time, right, you know, in, in our timeline here. And so I was just trying to find the January 89 Mad Magazine issue, and I wasn't able to, I, I shocked me, actually, that I could not find a full version of it. You can find everything, you know. I was looking on archive.org and other places, and I could not get a full PDF uh, or any sort of reader version of the whole magazine, unfortunately. But uh, it did. I did stumble onto a Mad TV special from 1974, 
Holy shit. On, on archive.org. And it's animated and it's wild and the link to it will be in the show notes. It's a half hour thing, like a primetime special they did. Uh, it, yeah, this is crazy, dude. Like, it, it like covered, it like makes fun of everything in America. It's, we, you know, it's such a satirical uh, tonal, tonal magazine, such a satirically toned magazine. Uh, it was very interesting to see in 1974 what everyone kind of like the Donald joke, the Donald Trump jokes of 1974 is what it is. You know? Right. Like what was everyone clowning on? Yep. And it was very, very interesting <clears throat> watch. Um, yeah. 74. Cool. I did not think that fucking mad TV was a thing in 74. Well, mad TV, mad TV. It was a special, I'm sorry, not Matt, but, um, Oh, yeah, just kind of mad magazines been, been around for fucking ever, dude. It was I like, say in, mad magazine. I, I would have thought that it was like a thing that started in like the late eighties. No, dude, it was like, I think I want to, at least the 50s, maybe even earlier. It's been around for a long time. That's actually, I mean, I started, I was like, oh, is is this fucking still being done? It, a a July Hollywood Reporter article I found said the magazine is finally discontinuing later this year. They're still making the fucking thing. Wow. Who would make any magazines? (laughs) That matter, I actually may have had a Mad Magazine show up here at my house because I just bought it like nine months ago or whatever. And, like, you know, mail just comes to houses, fucks it up sometimes. I think I might have gotten a Mad Magazine in the mail and put it straight in the trash. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, my Googling around mistakenly led me to believe issue 292 was January 89. And it turns out 292 was actually January 1990. But January 1990 issue has Mario and Luigi on the cover, which is I thought was just a weird happenstance, given that we're, you know, I was in a Nintendo context looking for Mad Magazine, and the one I errantly found was had Nintendo had had Mario and Luigi Nintendo shit on it, so that huh. was cool. Uh, next up, we get Ultra, aka Konami's Gyrus, 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 Gyrus. How did I say for the music? I don't remember. <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter. This is a space shmup, uh, which, like I just said a minute ago, those all suck, right? Uh, I never played this, and oh my fucking god, dude, this is a really, really good and cool game. Really? It, yeah, it is. It's the way outside the box, dude. They, they, it has a cool title screen and story presentation, first of all. So it, it, it takes some time to give you. It's Konami, not surprising. They do a good job, so I shouldn't have been surprised there. But yeah, they, they, they painted the picture of a story world, which is definitely not present in a lot of these. And then you get a map. They start the game. And it shows you a map that implies you are starting at the outskirts of our actual solar system, although the time the game happens in is like 2,500-something or other like that. So way in the future. But it's still our solar system. And the funny thing about that map is it uh, Pluto is interestingly inside the orbit of Neptune. So we were in that horse-pucky phase of astronaut astronomy theory <laughs> in 1989. Uh, and it's just funny how many times that's changed. Like, Pluto's been inside and outside of Neptune and then wasn't a planet, is a planet. Like, there's been so much oscillating of uh, the scientific belief of that or scientific standard belief of that. Right. I thought it very funny that it had that, you know, uh, out-of-date um, implementation of Pluto in the game. But uh, the game- you do know that uh, Pluto has an elliptical orbit and sometimes is closer to earth than neptune is right yes well yeah well it i mean it's uh, yeah it's fucking is it even a planet i'm just saying it, it should have changed a million times you know okay uh, i just want to make sure that like i, I would say saying, I, like we didn't know if it was like neptune was further or pluto was further i just want to say sometimes they well, are... well see there was a there was a time though when it was absolutes it's moved back and forth as absolutes being an outside neptune and inside neptune like they because it does change yes uh but that it has been there. There have been times 
in our lifetimes where it was an absolute i was in way into astronomy as a kid dude the, uh, there's been times of belief where it has been absolutely on a, on a, on a on a planetary orbit inside of neptune and then also oh, absolutely at all times outside of neptune yeah i mean it's it's changed a number like i said even the belief that it is a planet does it qualify like oh, that shit's changed a bunch of times yeah because i was into astronomy too and i was like well that's one of those things that's like What's the last planet in the solar system? And if you're asking that question in 1994, like, okay, that's a gotcha question because <laughs> technically <laughs> yeah, yeah, it yeah. can be Pluto, but it can also be Neptune. So, sure. Okay, gotcha. Never mind. Just wanted to clear that up. Yep. That's, that's, that's a fun thing. The, but the gameplay of this game itself, it, so it, 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 it also says you play as Genghis Khan. I didn't clock that. That's incredible. A vibrant portrait of the a vibrant portrait of the imposing Genghis Khan daring you to take up the challenge is how your space mission begins. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And the Guy Rusins recruited Khan from the past to lead their furious attack. You must guide your lone ship. Or maybe you're fighting Genghis Khan? I didn't. I actually did. I didn't read. Yeah, you are. The Guy Rusins are the, are the villains, the, the antagonists. They have. Damn, Space Genghis Khan. <laughs> That's cool. That's Thought right? you were safe. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, even more so. Yeah, so they really took some time on that story. I didn't even, I didn't even clock that. Uh, I just could tell they were spending some time on it. Because uh, my assumption was it sucked. So I was just like, let's see, let's go, let's go, let's go. <laughs> that kind of does suck as a story. I don't know. I don't think. I think that's it's different. It hasn't been done. It means they found Genghis Khan. They don't know where his tomb is. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting too. Uh, so maybe he, maybe he turned into a maybe he didn't die. He turned into a space monger many years later. Could be five hundred years now. Lead the guy Russians. Yep. So, yeah, but the gameplay itself, like I said, way outside the box, man. It puts the spaceship you control on this. Remember Tempest? Yeah, yeah. So it's like Tempest was like a quasi 3D arcade game, fucking, you know, 70s even, I think. Uh, actually, a pretty fun game by by old uh, video game standards. And it was like a, a, a circle track where you moved around and like we're kind of theoretically working your way down this tunnel that uh, goes off into the distance. So the ship moves around on a very similar track, like full circle around the, 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 the screen. And then the enemies come from down that tunnel. You know, it's, it's, it's not confined by an actual tunnel, but the way the, the game perspective is working, you're theoretically flying forward down this, you know, whatever. And the enemies are coming from that perspective, that force perspective right. place and at towards you. And uh, I've never seen this before in a space game. And especially at this stage uh, or even ever. And it's fucking great and really well done. And you, uh, I played all the way through the first three, like there's like with the Neptune <clears throat> stage, there were three stages and then a boss. And I played through all through, all through those and through the boss. And it was fucking great, man. Uh, it was like a really, really fun game. The controls are great. The way you uh, navigate that around the, cause like the it chain, it's not, I don't know exactly how to explain it, but like when you want to go from the lower right quadrant any or from the edge of the lower right quadrant up to the upper right quadrant, you gotta like change the way you're using the control. It's it's interesting, but you, hmm. you very quickly like I didn't look at the instruction manual. I very quickly l learned it and understood it, and it was great uh, okay. control. So yeah, it was very cool, very well done. The enemies were cool and interesting, and the way you interact and had to shoot them were interesting. The boss was very cool. They the the boss absolutely. Um, used the way that different control system worked, like the boss uh, properly, even the very first one, properly implemented that in a way that mm, created a boss fight experience that you couldn't have gotten 
if that system weren't there. You know what I mean? Okay. So right, it, right. it properly used it even for the boss fights, which was which was uh, noticeable and cool. Nice. Okay. Well, there you go. You found the one you like. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, on the list, man. Like, cool game. And the last thing we get here, is, uh, Konami's Ultra Label. I thought this was an odd title for them, but the, they handled the NES port of Qbert, which is one of my favorite early gen arcade cabinet games. A very fun game, Qbert. Um, I never played the NES version. I don't think I. I don't know. It's the kind of game you assume is on the NES. It's on, on every system, but I never physically saw it or had a chance to play it and unfortunately my ROM of it was a little fucked up but even like I was still able to play it and I could tell that this version was not all that great wow. so I'm playing this game but I don't fucking know much about it that's the problem it's a real in the arcade format it's super fun I was just playing it when I was stuck in fucking New York uh, for the last few hours after the Jets game I played it at the barcade there a little bit and it's anytime I'm in a place where it is I'll always fire it up for a few games it's a very good arcade version so Pack Watch Preview is next. They are extra fired up about Tecmo's Ninja Gaiden, uh, saying it'll be number one in the player's poll in no time. So that's a pretty hardcore thing to say. They're probably <laughs> right about that, too. They are right, but it's still a very uh, boastful thing. And a... Talking about good music. Oh, that's a fucking good yeah. game for music oh, right there. Yeah. So, so good. The cinematics, there's so much about it. It's Everything is good, man. Gameplay hard as fuck, but good. And they do a... Or they, they, they tease a multi-game basketball preview uh for the spring much like the football and baseball ones we've already seen and they talk about ces announcements of robocop bayou billy bad dudes defender of the crown and california games there's some interesting stuff in there and also guardian legend knight rider airwolf teenage mutant ninja turtles um i remember playing knight rider over at kathy's on bomb heart road i will i will refrain from using the other part of the moniker that mad mike referred to her as (laughs) but i remember playing that game over at her house can't remember what her nickname was. <laughs> you got to say it. Yeah, yeah you got to say it. <laughs> say, I'm not going to say it. It's too mean. Uh, I'm not going to say it. You got to text me. Uh, you don't. You honestly don't remember it? No, I really don't. Text me right now. Oh, fuck you. you I dude, really you're, don't, dude. You are full of shit. I what fucking I you. swear. I, what do I care? I swear on Corbin that fat I don't cat. know. You don't remember he called her Fat Cat. Oh, Fat Cat. I do remember now. Yeah, That's yeah, not that's so cool. bad. That That's fucking mean as shit. That's not nice, but it's would not call so her that to her face, man. They would call that to her. That's mean as fuck. Yeah, man. They didn't know how to be friends with each other. <laughs> They're fucking not Terrible. super intelligent people. Terrible people. The uh, the Players Poll contest this month is giving away an NES accessory bonanza for the grand prize, which was an an advantage, an NES advantage, an NES Max, an acclaimed remote controller, a Bandai Hyperstick, and a fucking another goddamn appearance of that LJN rock and roller. Yeah, that's uh, they, you know why they're giving away? Because they can't sell them. Yeah, for sure. Uh... Uh, so that's pretty. That would be a pretty nice haul, uh, as all these first prizes often are. The their ten second prizes is Zelda two carts. Also would have been cool to win. And then they give only fifty of those fucking jerseys that Howie likes to rock. <laughs> kind of a tight jersey, if you ask me. Uh, yeah, no, I, I would like to have one for sure. I told you I looked on eBay. For, I liked uh, I looked on eBay for him when we first saw him. What was the conclusion again? No dice. Couldn't find any. Uh, Big bummer. Everyone. So, yeah, the NES Journal gets this. Uh, uh, they touch on that sip and puff hands-free controller for people with disabilities. Uh, that um, you know, the disabilities that hinder or nullify standard controller use. Basically, it's like a uh, a system you could uh, someone could play hands-free uh, in that situation, which is they already touched on and talked about one of the Fun Club issues. Uh, but it's cool, and I 
I hope it worked well enough to actually be enjoyable for the few kids whose families could afford that surely expensive as shit thing. <laughs> right. And if it didn't, honestly, that work that they put into figuring that shit out probably made it so that the people who can enjoy those video games while disabled currently today, uh, you know, that's where the work first started. So good yep. for Nintendo starting the ball rolling. Absolutely. And they also touch on those fucking play choice cabinets. Uh, and I, do you remember these? Do you ever, do you ever see any of these? No. Uh, they're I'm basically not... it's an arcade cabinet. Oh right, right. No, we we did talk about these. I think. Yeah, um... that basically had a fucking NES in it. For I'm sure it wasn't an actual NES, but uh, a board that ran just like an NES, and it had a bunch of games on it. And they actually played. They had one of these. They have one of these at the the barcade I was at in New York too, uh, just recently. And it's, they're such a manipulative thing. They dangle NES games in an arcade like that, but they are just massive quarter sucks, dude. Uh, I played Mike Tyson's Punch Out. Uh, on, uh, while I was there briefly and I was barely able to get through Von Kaiser on one play before it, like, it, it just cuts the game off wherever you're at it's like, a time limit yeah it has it gives you oh a, fuck yeah it just sucks sitting. yeah suck my dick yeah and, and I mean yeah I, I was rude <laughs> I was barely yeah I was barely through Von Kaiser and dude I mean Mike Tyson's I mean I, I dust those I dust that first right. uh, thing there should not be a problem yeah I dust those motherfuckers off uh, fast as fuck and I still could could barely get through Von Kaiser uh, before I had to it asked me for another quarter and I was like oh fuck you man <laughs> yeah, buddy. yeah so fuck those it would have been cool if you had beat the first time you had beaten Mike Tyson's punch right out. there yeah right there that, right that would have been amazing for sure uh, I probably would be you know with an arcade control setup like that it probably would be cool but did not do it Nashville airport has one yeah that, yeah we'll, we'll look well i'm sure we'll try to we'll, we'll try to find a barcade while we're down there they, they go with music for the pop culture feature here for which i was going to entirely defer to you for your opinions on this offering how do you feel about this offering oh well i was glad to see huey lewis uh get a section and uh because i like him in the news um but yeah other than that i didn't think that anything stood out to me i didn't i don't really care about debbie gibson or <laughs> poor julian lennon you know it's not his fault that he's he got raised by john but you know or not raised by john as it were uh so yeah, yeah it didn't do much for me but i do like huey lewis in the news that's cool yeah i didn't have much to say about any of those either the celebrity profile is u.s men's olympic volleyball team captain cart Karali, who apparently was part of the team uh, that won gold at both the 84 and 88 game Olympic Games. And um, sorry, volleyball's super fun, but I don't care. <laughs> yeah, like, I hate to say it, man, but like, if I'm going to have any interest in volleyball at all, it's going to be women playing it. <laughs> yeah, like, watching for sure. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I'm sure you guys are great, though. Go uh, USA, though. Like, yeah, I do want you to win. I just don't care. Right. Yeah. The yeah, even two time gold winning. Don't care. The I, you know, it's funny as I missed that part. <laughs> that's how little i care right uh the mailbox and video spotlight power players sections absolutely blow this month i was so disappointed not literally nothing that meant anything to me in any of those which is those are usually gold mines yeah i i kind of paged through those too thinking like the dry you know like video game shit like maybe sometimes i'm not the best with but like if i can riff off of some other people's words like i can play with that i also in mailbox found nothing to remark yep. Huge bummer. The top 30 this month, the top 10, are Mario 2, Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2, Double Dragon, Metroid, Punch-Out, Mylon, Secret Castle, Metal Gear, Contra, and Bases Loaded, and I can live with that. I also have nothing to say because I think that works for me for this time period. Checks up. Yep. The next issue tease is Ninja Gaiden, uh, Hudson's Adventure Island, a.k.a. Wonder Boy. 
from Sega. And the second part of their Zelda 2 coverage, so Ninja Gaiden, that's something to look forward to. And the last thing I have to say about this issue is I'm pretty sure I had the Tiger Bay, the Tiger Bay blue polo the kid has in the power pad ad <laughs> at, at the very end. The bottom uh, left guy here with the dog? Uh, no, he's in the, he's the top left guy. The bottom right guy has a sweater on, like a sweater over a fucking... Oh, no way. I'm sorry, bottom right. Top left. Is, yeah. is he the kid with the dog, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. You think you had that shirt? I'm pretty sure I had that exact shirt, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember that. No. Uh, yeah, I had a bunch of those. They're, they're, Tiger Bay was the brand name. They were like all little fucking kids polos I had. And like I remember. See, like you were a little bit. You were four years older than me, so like you had the mental ability to like remember this shit. I do not. Yeah. Quite. I was like six years old when this was happening. So like you're just developing a memory. Right. Or maybe uh, I was. So yeah, so all of this is is just so eighties. It makes me it makes me sad inside how eighties it all is. It's great. Yeah. But uh, you watch Stranger Things. Pretty 80s. Uh, yeah, I, I like the first season. I kind of was into. I fucking it, it tapered off for me badly. I couldn't stick with the it. The second fell off. Third's good. I I honestly just kind of like it for the 80s nostalgia. Yeah, I feel like this like it it that's why I like the first season because the second season like once I like once, monsters and shit. So yeah. Once shit once that once shit like that catches fire, that's like nostalgia fueled. They like start. It changes. Yeah, they like they know that that's part of the juice, so they overkill it you know and they like even in the third shit. season if did you watch the third season i no i didn't i don't i think i tried to watch the f- first few minutes of the third first episode and i was like yeah the third season they have a point where they go to the mall oh, and, God, like dude. an 80s mall and it, they really it's like oh. very obviously overdone yeah fucking i can't even and, and that is a problem like if they had just done the 80s nostalgia just on their own as a course of their writing like yeah. i'm sure they would have mixed it in just fine Yep. But this was three years in. They were like, oh, people really want to remember what it was like. And they just yep. ham-handedly. Yeah. Just fucking whole episodes on it. Yeah, exactly. Little too much. That's why, that's why, dude, that's why I hate. I know. Everyone, but, everyone fucks everything up. It's, yeah, well, so television sucks, dude. It's, unless it's a whole thing. That's why Breaking Bad, you know, we've already said it. That's why Breaking Bad's so good, because he had all that already done. And, like, right. he didn't Dude, change. no joke. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick, like, because I used to be like this a lot. But, like, there is a certain logic to it. Like, once things get any kind of popular and people don't want to be a part of it, I kind of get it. Yeah. Like, and yeah. it's not to be a dick or anything. It's just that that popularity does make the good things about it change and it kind of fucks it up a little yeah. bit. Well, with the thing I'm saying with episodics is it's, you know, you, you're, go, you're, you're only creating more story because it, 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 you're getting paid to do it. You're not, you didn't think of this part of the story when you first conceived it, so it's right. not organically part of the thing. You're fulfilling, ob- you're, you're fulfilling, you're fulfilling corporate objectives that are given to you with right. the new you know what i mean and that that's not how the creative this was not works. part of the story and yeah. therefore like it i mean that's it it's not part of the story so it wasn't important enough to mention before you just wanted to shove some nostalgia in there right which means that the writing simply cannot be good yep why do the glasses on the table each have two straws in them huh i are didn't these, notice that are these kids sharing their beverages i mean Given their waspy outfits in this hypothetical suburban sleepover, the host family can surely afford to provide each of these white kids and the token black one with sure. their own with their own drinks. Like I thought, I was like, "What's up with that?" <laughs> this could be like a cooties thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if they're sharing with the girls, like I don't know, man. Who knows? That's fucking weird. That's I didn't even notice the two straws. Yeah. Uh, my attention to detail is scary. <laughs> The that's Nintendo Power issue four.
That is the Othello game menu theme sending us careening here into the nomination phase of this episode. And yeah, you already mentioned Marvel Madness is in there, I think. But what are your other two nominations, Jeff? Um, shit. What were my nominations? I just got back from the thing. Uh, let me find it real quick. My now, okay. My nominations were. I wrote down Othello, but that was a joke. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, Marvel Madness. Uh, I think I got inspired. Uh, Gyrus. Gyrus, 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 and uh, Gyrus, whatever it's called. First, first and, step will be figuring out how to pronounce the name if we go. Yeah, with that. do a whole <laughs> podcast on that. Um, and Cubert, Cubert. Yeah, I, I know that's like a. It's a. It's a. I've always been interested in it. I just never. I don't think I had the uh, the ability to understand it at the young age that I was exposed to it. So it's a fun game. It would be. Well, for one, like I said, we have to hunt down another fucking ROM. First of all, the fucking the ROM I have is busted. Oh, that's but, right. Uh, but I'm sure that can be. Uh, I could also play Friday the 13th. I know that's four, but I could do that, I think. I have, so, well, I guess before I get to debate him, I'll say what my mine are. Uh, I also have Gyrus, Gyrus, whatever the fuck it's called, Friday the 13th, and then Mega Man. Mm, okay. So uh, we got some overlap there for sure on Gyrus, and then we also... Quasi overlap on Friday the Thirteenth uh, with Cubert. Yeah, I mean, I you know I fucking love Cubert. I think much in the way we've had to devise a new way to do a podcast episode on those sports games, at least for ourselves. There's just not much there, and <laughs> we would have a. Uh, it would be an interesting. How do we? Uh, unless it's five minutes, a five minute podcast which i guess is not the end of the world <laughs> but, sure but but um yeah i don't know if there's enough there to to warrant uh sitting down and really talking about you know it's kind of See, i don't know anything i literally know nothing about the game uh, so i didn't it, know that yeah it is it is the whole it's you'll just, get it in the first few minutes if that yeah i mean it's boards you know you would call that that's how you know you're dealing with something very uh, simple when you when you when you when you would call the stages boards, right. <laughs> you know, because it is just one static thing that you're dealing with. Uh, yeah, there's basically kind of this. It's like a hill, and it's a isometric perspective on it, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> you have to jump on each of the. Like if you, I'm sure you've seen the screen. If you have to jump on each one of those one time, and you turn them a different color to finish the stage and like the way it works you can't just go to the next one sometimes you got to go back up to get down to the next one because of that isometric uh flight path on on the the spots that you jump on so like you got to kind of backtrack a lot and there are enemies jumping around everywhere trying to kill your ass while you do it so it's all about the strategy of like in real time duping out those enemies and getting finding ways to backtrack over things it's kind of pac-man-ish in that in that way okay uh, which <clears throat> I'm not uh, an exact uh, good comparison but it's kind of like that yeah i see what you're but, getting but more fun i would say way more fun than pac-man it's yeah fun. i also like i mean i could have like i obviously haven't even watched a youtube playthrough like gameplay thing on this so like yeah if i had known that going into it i might not have uh suggested it I would recommend fucking just playing it though. Find a way to play it for right. sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, dude. I, what about uh, man? Those those space games just can't win because I feel like Friday the Thirteenth would be more fun. We're we're adults now, like we can actually play the game. Right. 
Yeah, Friday the 13th would probably it would call, it would force me to beat it, which is good. Uh, I want to do that. Um, and it is possible. It's I think it's hard. I think it's a very hard game. The oh, like right. the the well, I don't know, I shouldn't say that. Everything, you know, I I it's such an intriguing game just because the the, the underlying property is is also intriguing to me. So I'll watch just about anything on that game. So I've watched a lot of shit dumbass videos and stuff and like you know you have to divide like the a big you're beating jason right and like unless you get really lucky and are able to do it outside of the cabins you have to beat jason in the uh that for that pov that first person that first person shit uh and the movement in those is not good <laughs> right. so like uh that i think would We'll, we will definitely be pissed off at times. But, I mean, you know, fuck, that's, that's a small concession to make. Right, again, we've talked about Nintendo. Like, th- no. these early video games, like, sometimes they just don't work right. Like, yeah, they're just not, yeah it's, it's, nothing's perfect at this stage. So. Like, I didn't like testing the game, so fuck you. I mean, play it. Right, yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not opposed. Uh, it's funny that that's not even one. Well, it is kind of, like you said, kind of. But, I, I mean, I like the uh, idea, the challenge of that, and the fulfillment it provides me. Um I think, I think you, I think you'll, I think Gyrus would be a lot more fun. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think it'd be a lot more fun. Uh, so I'm telling you, dude, that mechanic. It's, I don't know. I shouldn't say that. I, I mean, it may get. I don't have any I, way to know whether or not uh, that gets repetitive or it doesn't pan out in the long run as fun and interesting. Uh, but it sure seemed like it at the surface level, you know. Okay. Um, Friday the Thirteenth would probably be the one. They give us the most to talk about too, just as far as like for the functionality of the podcast. Friday the Thirteenth, you know, again because of that underlying property, uh, there's a lot of comparison, overlap, and a whole bunch of pop culture shit we could probably play with. Exactly, talk, like crack talking about that. Shit. Right, yeah. So there's probably some good Kevin Bacon jokes or some shit we can enjoy out of that. There's always a good Kevin Bacon joke right. floating around somewhere. Uh, I think we should do Friday the Thirteenth. Gyrus, I don't know, man. I it is a space shooter, and it, at the probably... end of the day, it is a space shooter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fuck it. Friday the thirteenth. It is. Let's do it. Yeah. That that seems like it'll be Jason Voorhees. You're going down. At least once, probably. <laughs> 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 All right. Fuck it. Friday the thirteenth. That's what we're doing next. So that is our next game episode, and that is what we'll tackle next. I. You know what's fun about this idea? Uh, I will bring my. Cause we are. We've danced around. I think we know. I don't think we said it explicitly. We are going to Nashville this coming weekend to watch the Buffalo Bills and Tennessee Titans play a football game. Hopefully, anyways, that's what they're going to do, and uh, that will allot us the opportunity to play this game together a little bit. So I will bring both my my uh, controllers and my laptop, and we'll fuck around with this bitch in person. That'll be fun and cool and different, and we'll record that. So it's available for real. Uh, for 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 people for for archiving purposes for our memoirs many years from now our podcasting right. memoirs many years from now uh, that's yeah it. travel across the country to play an old Nintendo game that I have in my spare bedroom <laughs> yeah <laughs> living the, the dream baby that's the beauty of being an adult with a job man you can do stupid shit like that <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool all right so yeah we will do that and then following that next episode covering Friday the thirteenth. We will be going, uh, sticking with Nintendo, actually. Sorry, because of the 
Sega's still on quarterly, so the next mag ep after Friday the 13th will be Nintendo Power Issue 5. And you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Android, TuneIn, Podbean, others as well. Please do that. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whichever of those you do utilize to listen to us. And the website for the for the podcast is nyehentertainment.com forward slash isohpod. You can email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, YouTube gameplay videos. All those links are in the show notes and on the website. There's also the subreddit that's picking up a little bit of steam. Uh, it's just isohpod is the subreddit, uh, the URL. And Jab, can you please give us Mad Mike's MPO box for your socials again? Yeah, the uh, MPO box you want to write, Mad Mike, <clears throat> is uh, post off MPO box 0031, Oberlin, Ohio, 44074. <clears throat> that's oh, that's if you want to contact Mad Mike. Uh, I do have some <laughs> socials now, actually. Um, oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. If you guys want to find me, you can do that on Tinder. <laughs> so uh, that's where you can find me. Excellent. Uh, my, you can find me on Twitter at Josh Follin and on Instagram at my shift key is broke. Okay, bye. All right, later.